everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Postgame Overreaction Show. I'll be joined by Jason Butt here in just a few minutes. Roddy Nabolsi will join us after he heads home from Coach Donnan's house. Georgia Bulldogs win 49-21. I don't know what uh, we should be overreacting to. I'm sure there's a lot we can dive into. Rushing attack, maybe. You could get into that a little bit, but overall, guys, Carson Beck looked pretty good. Great to have Brock Bowers get over 100 yards. And then Rosemary Jack Saint also close to that 100-yard mark. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and drop that into the YouTube comments. We'll let you know. We'll put you up on the big screen. Also, if you've been to the show a bunch, we want to know where you're watching from. And this show does not run without you all that are watching it. So we want your comments. And if you're brave enough, if you're just so brave enough, to get on camera, there is a link in the description. You can click on that, and we can hear your opinions live here on the show with us. We've got a few folks already joining us. Like I said, Jason Butt will be here in just a few. I'm sure Eddie from Ackworth and Andy Stowe will be joining us as well. There will be a ton of folks checking in. Jeremy Neighbors always checks in. He's watching from Mount Bellevue, Texas. Uh, let's see. Edward Robinson says, the offense was not the issue today. Scored touchdowns on six of first eight possessions. Went six for six in red zone with all the touchdowns. Yes, so Kirby Smart was pretty adamant last week about red zone efficiency. And the dogs, six for six. He was asked about that on the post, uh, I guess the post field talk with the reporter, the little interview they do, right? And uh, he was very much adamant that they fixed that now. UAB is a little bit of a lesser competition than South Carolina was last week or even what Auburn could potentially be next week. But six for six when you're in the red zone is never a bad time. We've got uh, some more comments rolling in here. Let's get these up here. Nerman. Nerman. Hell of a name, Nerman. Nerman says uh, they need real competition for a fair evaluation. Yeah, you know, it's not Georgia's fault. They had Oklahoma on the schedule, the SEC made them cancel that. So we could have already seen a pretty decent team this year, much like we saw Oregon early in the season last year. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards this year. So we, we haven't been able to see it. I don't know if if real competition is Auburn, though. Give me your thoughts on that. I don't know if that's going to be a, a close game considering what happened today over at Texas A&M. Got a comment from uh, Mr. Powell. Says the defensive secondary played horrible. Well, I don't know about that. Zeno, the quarterback for UAB, he was a quarterback for Baylor, which I'm sure you guys heard on the broadcast, uh, which was not the best, guys, not the best. There was a, a quite a few, <laughs> quite a few hiccups by that broadcasting team. But uh, I don't know if the defensive secondary played horrible. Zeno, though, is a transfer from Baylor, and he did complete 32 passes. They were more dink and dunk type passes. He did get 250 yards through the air, though. Uh, Jonathan Gunthrie says, need to run the ball more, and our defense needs to get a little bit more tougher. I could see that. I, I like the That's a fair overreaction, Jonathan. I'll, I'll allow that. I'll allow that. Uh, Casey says, Beck passed for 300 yards. Beck passed for 337 yards, uh, which 69% completion percentage. It actually lowers his completion percentage for the, the year so far. He was second, I think, in the SEC with 76%. So... We'll go from there. Bullard Omari, the man, the myth, the legend, part of the family here. Omari Carmichael says Bullard makes a difference, a huge difference. 
absolute game changer. You didn't also didn't have Michael Williams up front, who is, I would say, the equivalent of Bullard on the backside. So we thought, you know, Georgia might be able to get into the sack category more. We'll have to see how the pressures were. But overall, guys, sacks today, you had one. That came from Warren Brinson. I want to say, when was that? That was in the uh, yeah first quarter. First quarter early on. Uh, Warren got that, and and then there was not another sack after that. So you were missing out on, on you know, two big time players on your defensive side of the ball. Kevin Boyd watching from Menlo, Georgia. Where is that, Kevin? Menlo, never heard of that. Let us know where that's at. Uh, Mike Honcho, the first. I'm sure it's not going to be the last. Fire Bobo comment of the evening. There we go. Uh, don't uh, don't stop, Mike. Don't stop. James Carraway says Beck had good stats, but let's not pretend he's looked like the QB we expected before the season. What were you expecting, James? I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if anybody hyped Beck up to be the second coming of, you know, Aaron Murray. If they did, I think they were trying to, they may were mistaking you there. 22 of 32 for 337 yards and, and three touchdowns. I mean, it. it's getting better. Can we at least say it's getting better, right? It's it's progressing for Beck. I think he's, I think he's missed some throws. There was a throw to Arian Smith that was on a, a slant route that Kirby kind of threw his hands up on the on the sidelines. But you know, 337 yards. That pass that he threw to Arian, where it was dropped by Arian, was a 60, 65 yard pass through the air. If he completes that, we're looking at close to 400 yards. You know, I, I'm not I'm not completely sold that. He's I don't know if who hyped him up in the in the preseason to be better than what he is now. Today was a really good showing from Beck last week. Sure. Week before. Sure. There's there's some gripes there. But uh, but Beck is growing. So, you know, I, I think if you're a Georgia fan, you, you have to be happy with with what you saw today out of out of Carson Beck. Uh, the secondary is better than the D line. They were missing Javon Bullard. Yeah. D line was missing Michael, though, Casey. Let's see here. Uh, team looks bored playing in these games. Todd, they might be. I mean, this was this was a long game, guys. This was a really, really long game. Uh, I remember looking at the clock, 9.45, 9.50. We were just into the third quarter. I mean, it, you know. And then at the end of the game there, Trent Dilfer calling the timeout with about three minutes left. I mean, I, I'm... I don't know what you're what you're doing there, but sure, go right ahead. Uh, you know that's fine. Edward Robinson says problem was they were stacking the box. They were, they were, there were some plays there uh, for sure where they were stacking the box and they knew what Georgia was going to run. KC missing six starters from injuries. Yeah, uh, you know missing. I think when you when you kind of look at it, missing Mims is huge. Uh, Lawson Lucky, though, is a guy that doesn't get talked about because he's not listed as a starter. But I think he was going to play a good bit in that tight end role where you need that blocking tight end. Having Lawson Lucky back, I think, would also help this offense tremendously. So he's a name to watch for. I think he will get back soon, but he's, he's a name to watch for. Brooke, watching from Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, Kevin. Oh, he says Northwest Georgia, Menlo. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been over there. Indy Clip, the man. What's up, Indy? 84 drops tonight. Yeah, how many drops? All right, total, guys. Georgia's stat book is, is saying that there was three total drops. One by Arian, which I'm assuming, obviously. Let's see if we can click on this and get the 
Yeah, they won't show us. The the drop for Arian was a 65-yarder for sure. The two for Dominic Lovett, there's – I don't know how many drops that is for Lovett on the year. I feel like that's like six or seven. Maybe that's a, a rise for concern there. But, again, Lovett, Lovett is dynamic. I would just love to see what he could do with with Rosemary Jack Saint, Brock Bowers, and, and Lad McConkey on the same on the same field together. Let's see here. Susie, what's up, Susie? How are you? She says, leave Beck and Bobo alone. Trust in Kirby. We have a lot of injuries that make a difference. And a pro- the problem is, Susie, the, the injuries that you have are not small injuries. So how long are these guys going to be out? You're going to be fighting most of the year with, you know, an, an injured front. Ron Corson told Kirby uh, at the beginning of last, this week, rather, this was the longest injury list in Kirby's tenure at the University of Georgia. And again, these injuries are not small injuries where they can come back. There's a few of those are, right? But a lot of these guys, there are, you know, four to six, you know, six to eight. You're hoping to get some of these guys back by the end of the season. That's the tough part. That's the tough part. Uh, Charlie, Charlie's on the Beck train. He says Beck is making great decisions. That's what Kirby wants in his quarterback. Uncle Lou's in here. What up, Lou? Join the show, man. I'm sick of talking to myself. Come join me up, Lou. Links in the description. Let's talk. Come, come get in here, Lou. Uh, let's see here. Everybody's saying Uncle Lou. Yeah, Uncle Lou, man, hit the link and come join me for a little bit, man. Why not? Uh, let's see. James Caraway says he was hyped as a top tier, so we're, we're going back to Carson Beck here. Uh, I was talking about how I think James was the one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, saying that. Let's not pretend he looked like a quarterback we expected before the season. And James says he was hyped as a top-tier SEC quarterback and dark horse Heisman guy. By some. He looks like an above-average SEC quarterback. Not sold he can go win a game for us at the end of the season. Still hopeful on improvement. I could see where you're coming from with that, James. But at the same time, I think you have a really good defense. It's, you know, hopefully they're not going to have to, to rely on Beck to come back from a 14 or 21 point deficit. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's going to be a game where he's going to have to maybe lead a, a a touchdown drive for the for the win. But I don't know if this defense will allow the another team to be up on Georgia 14 or 21 points. So I don't know if you're ever going to have to kind of deal with that. Let's see here. Football Jesus. <laughs> that is a great picture. Uh, that is, so those of you that are going to be listening to this on the podcast later on. There's a picture of Kirby Smart holding a football uh, as Jesus with long hair. That's a, that's a heck of a Photoshop there. So stop mistreating Mike Bobo. Let's see here. Chatting live from Jax. J Rab Dog. What happened to Ben's girlfriend? Is she still around this season? I don't think so, man. She hasn't uh, she hasn't hit us up in the comments since last year. I think you left her at the hotel. Let's see. Jason, are you with me? Join up if you are. I don't see your camera on. Let's see if you can get in here uh let's see oh randy there's big randy go dogs from tifton georgia randy's next post is going to be uh dogs three for 23 or something like that he has coined a phrase guys so it's it's randy's phrase we'll put it up once he once he writes it out he randy's very he's very you know to the point with what he what he posts uh uncle lou says these fire bobo people are weird six for six in the red zone you know there has to be somebody that that you know he can he can get after, uh, folks can get after. So Jason Butt will get him in here. Jason, what's up, man? You in the car? 
I am in the car. It's a long story, man. But <laughs> you got the dog in the back seat. Is is the dogs you got two, in the dogs, back. two dogs yeah, in the back it's seat? Been a, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a. I've actually uh, was uh, with some folks uh, watching the game out here, kind of a, a late, uh, and then I couldn't get out in time to uh, get back home. And it's raining, and it's a. Uh, it's kind of a mess up here in uh, the DMV, but you know, you just bring we're here. Do you just bring your dogs to friends' houses? Hell yeah. Really? That's a thing? They love them. They love them. Do they have do yeah. they have dogs too? No. No, but th- these people are actually uh um they dog sit. Okay, fair enough, fair them. enough. Okay, so yeah. but but not every friend's house you go to you bring your dogs, right? No, not like a regular occurrence. No, okay. No. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got two in the back seat, but there was uh, a bunch of them in Athens, Georgia putting some uh, spankings on these uh, UAB Blazers. As always, initial thoughts, JB. What? Yeah, man. Got? Okay. Um, I was actually uh, heard a little bit about what you said about Carson Beck. I'm, I'm so – I don't get it. I don't get the hate. I don't get the hate. I don't get the um, the worry, the concern. The, the guys put up over 1,100 yards already. He's mm. throwing the ball downfield. He's finding open today. I thought I thought he was awesome today. Thought he he had a spectacular performance. He had the one overthrow. That's gonna happen. Not everybody's perfect, right? Um, he had the other ball that uh, uh, that was dropped. Um, that 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 was on point. I I just think that he's he's making the right decisions. He's doing everything you need to to uh to move the ball uh, to move the ball downfield also you go back to last week uh you know uh, they were down 14-3 at halftime what what did they do the offense picked it up they won the game i i i get it it's i don't get it actually i mean i mean i'm trying to understand the other the other viewpoint the the worrisome this isn't stetson bennett anymore oh my gosh what's gonna happen if if uh, georgia's down they already were down they were down last week Oh, they were. And yeah, yeah, you're right. They were down 11. They already were. And, yeah. and, and but like uh, you, you're moving forward. Uh, the thing is, they're not going to play a, a truly tough team probably until Tennessee. Um, and, and then after that, the SEC championship, assuming all, all goes well and they end up in the SEC championship. So th- that to me is is uh, the, the thing that I, that I can't get past right now, which is uh, uh, the folks that that are piling on a guy who has done nothing but, uh, you know, put Georgia in the right place, in the right plays, uh, put up some pretty impressive numbers. And I think t- tonight he had his best game uh, by far. Oh, Blaine Gilmer in the chat. Oh, BG. Beck has been performing well, considering that Georgia has had virtually no running game. Getting healthy at running back will be huge for Georgia. Yeah, Blaine. Uh, too bad you can't get Branson back. I mean, you are missing Rod Rob right now. That, that's tough. Uh, but Georgia overall on the ground, 36 attempts, 188 yards, 5.2 a carry, four touchdowns. I mean, Beck had that one touchdown um, near where he just jumped over. So, But they probably were going to go to somebody anyway. You had two for uh, number 30. Again, getting Edwards back has really kind of helped this team, Jason, in a, in a huge way. 12 for 66, two touchdowns. Only had a long of 16, was still able, able to average five and a half a carry. Uh, 
Blaine says UAB is as good as Auburn right now because because Jeremy said real season begins next weekend. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on, and we were we were talking about uh, we were talking about Auburn last. We've been talking about Auburn, Jason. That 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 was going to be the the game, right? Well, it's the first away game. I don't know. I, was I never I never thought it would be the first test. I, this team's not good. They're not good. So that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I mean, they're on their third quarterback today. Going up <laughs> right. uh, things could be worse in Athens, folks. Like I have to reiterate that you've won 21 games in a row. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and Alabama's played three quarterbacks. Auburn's played three quarterbacks. Florida doesn't have three quarterbacks to play, or they might try it. Tennessee, you know, is one game away from from starting a freshman. I feel like. South Carolina has Spencer Rattler, but their offensive line's terrible. You've already beaten them. Kentucky has Leary, who I know Blaine loves, but I feel like you can probably beat Kentucky. You know, the quarterbacks in the SEC this year, Beck's looking to be upper echelon right now. LSU has Jaden Daniels, but they've already lost. What do you say, JB? Yeah, I mean, I – I think once you get to mid-year and maybe we, you know, the Florida game, I think, once you get there, you're going to see Carson Beck with some impressive numbers. I'm going to go back to my uh, off-season prediction and, and uh, he has a very good chance. And I, I, I watching, I know it's UAB, but you put uh, the four games together. Even last week, he still put up, uh, you know, over 260 through the air. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there thinking he's going to put up some pretty good numbers. He's going to be on the number one team in the country. Uh, the touchdown numbers are, are going to probably go up. I mean, I think you can, you can make the argument even right now that he has a chance to be in the as uh, be a Heisman finalist. Ooh. <laughs> I'll say it Double, again. Doubling down on it. Huh? I'm doubling down with what I've seen so far. I, I some of the, this, uh, uh, it's funny because this is the overreaction show, and it is. And I think I, I'm I might be overreacting the way that a lot of people aren't. I I don't get the overreaction that Carson Beck is somehow. I mean, just remember two years ago, uh, everybody wanted him to start over Stetson Bennett, and now four four starts into his uh, into this season, people are, are wondering if if he's the answer or, or whatnot, and. You know, Georgia's number one. They put up a ton of points in three of the four games. Even even when they haven't looked good, weeks weeks one and two when they had the slow starts, they still ended up putting up the points and they still showed the potential. I thought tonight getting that early drive and then coming back in the second quarter with 21 points, uh, to, to me that was about as good as you could ask for from the offense. Yeah, third quarter again for Georgia. They haven't let anybody score on them this year. Right. Uh, I saw that stat on TV. That was one good stat that they had on the television. It was it was rough going for that commentary crew. Uh, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was mistake after mistake. It was not not great. Jack White, who I still think uh, was some part of the UGA football department until you tell me otherwise. He's got some good knowledge. He says Mizzou UF will be a tougher game than UT. Mm. We've got a Bama fan lurking around in here, uh, so everybody's giving him hell. I like that. Chase Langford says, uh, also another point to make, no one in college football is great right now. There are a lot of good teams, but no great teams right now. It's a very odd year of football this year. I said that, uh, I think, on our Sunday show last week. Not a, not a team out there that can't be beat. 
There's not a team that doesn't right. have a weakness. Every team has a weakness. Uh, we almost saw it tonight, Ohio State going down. They were able to drive the field against Notre Dame. There's a team that's out now. I mean, it's it's going to be a war of, you know, just, just staying on top, right? Just trying to win each week. There is not a team. Very good point, Chase. There's not – is is there a team out there besides Georgia? Michigan's number two, but I haven't I, seen I think Michigan. Texas Texas is the one to me that I think um, – I haven't seen Michigan much at all. Yeah, I mean, Michigan looks the same old, though. And, and you know, they're they're going to play that same style of football that doesn't match up well against Georgia. Uh, ground, <laughs> ground and pound. And... <laughs> Mike Huncho said, it's Paul UGA grad. I get GT vibes. Yeah, yeah I graduated uh, UGA College of uh, <laughs> Grady College Journalism. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Hey, Jason, I've got a special guest waiting. Uh, so okay. you can you can ride out if you want to. I know you got to probably get them dogs home. Somebody said you have the longest brim on a hat I've ever seen, but I can't. It's find that Nike. Oh, I know. I know. Here it is. I'm, I'm like, Lane Smith. The, the bill on this guy's hat might be the longest I've seen. I think it's the camera angle. I think it's, I think the, camera it's the camera, angle. but it's also that Nike golf hat. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just. I don't know. I like it. It's comfortable, but this this angle does make it look a little strange. So I'm with you. All right. Well, I'm bring him on. See you, my friend. All right. Take care. Appreciate it, All right, brother. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, and that is Uncle Lou here. What are we overreacting to? Fire Mike Bobo? Hey, you know, Lou. I don't uh, understand the fire Mike Bobo people. I, I don't get it. I don't. And I and I'm I'm I would love nothing more than to want to fire somebody or bench somebody. That's my whole deal. But I, I don't right. understand the, the fire Mike Bobo people. I don't. Is he Todd? You can know, but come on, you you're not going to replace the best of something you've ever had with something better that's just, that's not gonna happen but he doesn't have to be better he doesn't have to be better than munkin you know i mean it, it, it and you don't have to be like an exit like these are the same plays i'm no x's and o's expert so i mean i'm not an expert at anything you can ask the chat section i'll tell you i'm an idiot but like you can see these are the same plays now i do again i don't know this is what it looks like to me it does look like 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 there are people running downfield open and, and beck checks down a lot like, like, it, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know. Again, I don't know what play is called. I don't know that they're telling him to do that. And, you know, I get the whole take what the defense gives you thing, but like, it does look like on multiple times a game, there's like players running downfield yet. We're throwing the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage on third and four. You know I mean? That, that, that gets a little aggravating. I don't know if that's just ex lack of experience, doesn't quite trust himself. You know Kirby beats these quarterbacks over the head with a bat about not turning the ball over, and I think that plays with them a little mentally. Here's uh, here's I, here's my take on it, Lou, and if you if you listen, Kirby will give you in these press conferences, if you listen, he'll give you the answers to the questions. You just got to you really have to kind of dig in. And he said it. He was like, "Look, some of those plays that he's checking down on, we, we you know, last year we threw those over the top." So yeah. the those guys are open downfield. It was just him checking down. I think he's just getting more comfortable in this offense is the biggest thing. I mean, he threw for 337 yards tonight. Yeah, you're against UAB, but he, he looked decent, you know, and, and he yeah. continues to get better. There were some really good play calls. I think the my my favorite play, play call of the night was the second touchdown to Brock Bowers where they rolled out to the right, looked back, Brock's wide open. They got two guys running in front of him to block. I think we'll see that play again. That that worked really well, but it just kind of shows you that there's there's play calling uh, that's that's in there. That's that's great. I'm gonna bring on 
Dane Young as well. Uh, you, Dane, do you know Lou? Have you guys met? We, we've met now. I yeah, mean, yeah. Lou, Lou's a legend in the chat. Yeah, Lou, Lou, yeah. Well, Lou's has his own show. I mean, Lou's a, Lou's a big-time guy. So when he jumps on, you know, it really just kind of warms my soul a little bit. I could um, probably so use I'm, some I'm help, Lou. You, I watch y'all all the time. I don't I don't usually call in, but I watch y'all all the time. But, uh, no, I, I thought it was fine today. I think one of the things we need to get a little bit used to, and I think other fan bases are dealing with this a little bit too, is the the, the clock deal i mean yeah. or you are getting let especially you know georgia loves to defer and give the other team the ball so uh they want their defense out there first georgia wants the ball in the second half so you, you, you know i i don't i haven't looked up any of the numbers but like it's pretty obvious that georgia's just getting less possessions overall particularly in the first half i don't know why it seems this way to me that the clock deal is is shortening the first half but more than elongating the second half, the second half? in my mind i don't know but it seems like we're we're getting less possessions. So you're looking up at the scoreboard and you're seeing a score this year and you're thinking, well, last year this score would have been more than that. But I think we're getting less possession. Now, I mean, the red zone thing is a problem. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, so so I looked at it, Lou. They had 12 drives. Georgia had 12 drives this game. Uh, UAB had 14. I know somebody asked Kirby in a press conference uh, this last week, hey, have you looked into the plays and things like that? What, you know? what's going on he said yeah uh georgia is losing about three plays a game and the opposing team's losing about three plays a game well if, if that's a three and out that's one possession each it doesn't seem like a lot when you're counting plays but i, I feel like you're right yeah Th this also the the clock situation in terms of uh you know just continuity of the game Commercial breaks are, it feels like twice as long. No, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's taking forever. And, you know, that could have an impact on who's to say this doesn't have an impact on the offense. I know? think two factors that have limited Georgia in the first half. If you have an empty possession, it just, it feels bigger because you just don't feel like you have as many to lose points. So if you have a special teams turnover like tonight, if you miss a field goal like last week, it just it feels like it's a bigger deal than maybe it would have been in past seasons. The other thing is, especially for the schedule that Georgia's played so far, at some point those offensive lines are going to get tired in the second half and things uh, are just going to be, they're not going to run the ball as much because it's just not going to be successful. Yeah, kind of the clock keeps on moving because I think the line is fresh for the team with the worst talent. And so in the first half, they can kind of move the sticks a bit more. Um, that, you know, small hypotheses. I don't know if that's completely true, but it, it does seem like the first halves of uh, first halves of these games are going faster than the second halves. Uh, that is another something that worries me. You talking about wearing down teams in the second half. This team does seem more to me. 2017 to 2019 than it does mm -hmm. 21 to 22 less oh. talented teams that are keeping it closer than they should but we're just so much talented more talented so much bigger you're wearing them down in the second half and a frustrating first half turns into a second half blowout and then you get you know some of the people are like why are you complaining you won by 30 well yeah but when you play a team that's equally as talented and can rotate in and out, like that's the thing. You don't watch Georgia play UBA, UAB going, man, I hope we beat UAB. Like you watch them going, what does this mean for LSU in December? What does this mean yeah. for a potential playoff matchup? And maybe that's the wrong way to look at it. And you'd say, why can't you just be happy in the moment? I, I, I get all that too, but still it's impossible for me anyway, not to look down the road 
and, and kind of take what I'm seeing today and apply that to what I might see uh, in in December against an LSU or whoever. And you're like, I, I don't know, I you know, I don't want to be playing like this against LSU or whatever. Fill in the blank team. It's it can be a little worrisome. So I think Dane and I, we've both been on that train. I think we've both said on numerous times on air, this team can go 12 and 0, no question. Uh, I would say it should. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the problem is once you get to the SEC championship game, but then you look at who's in the West. We thought LSU was going to be a lot better than than who they are right now. They snuck out a victory against Arkansas tonight. Yeah. Right. So like we, I, I picked them to be in the playoff. I thought they were a really talented team. They're not who we thought they were. Alabama, I still don't think they've really truly – I think Milrose their quarterback, right? But do they trust them? No. Who knows, right? Another turnover uh, for him in the red zone today. Threw an interception into the end right. zone. So if you're, if you're looking at those two teams, now it seems like the SEC championship might be a little bit easier. But then the, the playoffs come around. That's where you start to get that little gut feeling like, man, this, this might not be – might not be – you know, great for Georgia, but Hey, anything can happen in those games, yeah. right? You could yeah. have, you could have a turnover on special teams that helps you get six points, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, there's, there's a lot that, that happens once you get that deep, this Lou, team wh- should, should go undefeated. Why do I feel like you're more serious with us than you are in, on your own deal? Like, well, like, I, I, I want to see full on Lou here. No, it's, it's, it's nighttime. Hey, Lou, right? you gotta know Lou. Stop lying to these people about Lad McHonky. How about that? <laughs> Y'all know this guy's not coming back till December. Stop telling people, oh, he's this close. No, no. We've seen who's this telling you, Who's telling this you that? George Pickens. This is A.D. Mitchell. We He's not, play, he's not playing until December. He's going to have three catches and one touchdown, and then he's gone off to the NFL. Or that, 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 That's what we all know that. He's not coming back. Who do we? The Florida game is going to come up. we got a bye week before the Florida game. All we're going to hear – from from you professionals is well you know he's he got an extra week uh, off he's probably gonna be back for the Florida game he's not playing in the Florida game he's not playing against Georgia Tech he'll play against he'll play five plays against LSU and then he'll play six or seven plays in the playoffs he's gonna have three catches and one touchdown this season that's it that's I can tell you uh, George There's is lucky Will. George is lucky he came back at all because that wasn't that wasn't yeah. for sure yeah yeah. Yeah. Hey, but Lou, if you if you don't have your best wide receiver out, is it really a championship year? You know, if oh at Georgia, oh, Pickens. Yeah. oh I don't yeah. know. Oh, oh, also, good thing we don't need AD Mitchell. Remember that? AD <laughs> Mitchell's transferring. Don't need him. Georgia's the only team in the country that doesn't need any players at all. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. Don't need you anybody. Miss, you miss AD, Uncle Lou? Of course, AD. I still miss Jermaine Burton. I mean, we're not. Whoa. We're, I mean, you're, a, you're a small camp there, I think. Well, well, who was our leading wide receiver, Jermaine Burton's last year at Georgia? Lou, I have a mind of a goldfish. I can move on to honest with you. Jermaine Burton. Okay, thank you. And who was the leading, leading wide receiver last year? AD, right? Well, it would have been, but he was hurt the whole yeah. year. Then he came back. But he was our best wide receiver, though. Yeah, I knew you were going there. We don't need anybody. I can right. tell How's my Alexander doing. I can tell you my brother's an LSU fan, and he texted me tonight saying, is there a way that Major Burns will go back to Georgia? Because I'm kind of tired of watching him here. Oh, no. Hey, don't hate on – don't hate on, on – that's just, a hell of a – that's first team all name, Major Burns. Yeah. Right. And I he's mean, from Louisiana. That wide receiver – that neighbor's wide receiver for LSU. He's good. good. He's good. Yeah. Uh, oh, did y'all see Spencer Rattler any uh, – Spencer Rattler was 22 of 24 today. 
That's the best Sam, quarterback in the conference. Yeah, it's, it's like it's not uh, very close that, right uh, now. What's the guy's name from 2015? 2015? You're talking about Grayson Lambert. Lambert. Oh, God. Against Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, he was like 27 of 28 or something. Yeah. Whatever. Every other game, the guy was terrible. God. I was like 2015. Yeah, Yeah, that that was a hell of a game. He still holds the record for that. Technically, that was Kirby Smart's first quarterback. He started that North Carolina game. Yeah, he did. I don't think that that record's ever going to be beat, right? Yeah, that's crazy. You have to go for like 28 or 28. Yeah. You know? Um, What about Bear? You miss Bear? I think Bears would have been the best interior defensive lineman on the team. Yeah. Yeah. What about I I like more? You know, I like Warren Brinson, though. I do. I don't think he doesn't get talked. He doesn't get mentioned. At least I don't hear his name mentioned. No, he doesn't. Somebody other name. I really like him. He played really good in the national title game and in the playoffs. And I thought he's had a pretty good year. But I mean, look, I like Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Logue, but these guys, they're not Bear. Bear Alexander is going to be drafted so much higher than it than any of those guys it's not even funny i don't know folks are folks are loving the uh nazir Stackhouse. he's i mean yeah, he's, I he's top two rounds i, I right like now. nazir I, I like nazir i don't want to put him down but no yeah no no we're not like, putting anybody no. down jack white who uh again i think this kid lou i don't know if he's on your show or not i think he's he's a like an undercover spy because he knows his football and he, he, he said some stuff that kind of makes me you know think a little bit it says dom lovett needs to work on his hands talent is there making too many dumb drops i said that when I was on here solo by myself, just trying to take up some time until you guys joined me. I think that's like six or seven drops for Lovett this year. I love when the ball's yeah. in his hand. He's electric. But case of the little drop-itis. What's going I on I don't here? have any patience for drop passes. I mean, it's one thing. Contested catches, 50-50 balls, that's one thing. But you can't be dropping screen passes and swing passes when there's no one near you. You can't do it. It's like a field. It's like, what's his name? You can't miss a 25-yard field goal at home. When there's no pressure at all, and then expect to make one on the road at Auburn next week. What like there's I don't have patience for that kind of thing. No, I can't catch passes and no I can't kick field goals because that's people well, this guy think he catch better. No, I don't think I can catch better than anything. I'm also not on scholarship to do it at Georgia. <laughs> right. Tom Love it is. Right. Um, uh, I like Tom Love it too. He's very excited. Oh, I, I, he's I think he's really good. I really like him. Yeah. Uh, Ra Ra's come on the last couple of weeks too. He was a little slow starting first. I, what's the deal? He's had a little hard time catching up or whatever with the offense i guess than than dom has i, I guess yeah, it, it seems that it's way and also he hasn't he doesn't really have a defined role one game he's hot one game he's not i mean it was two for 11 today two two catches 11 yards it's not really lighting up the stat sheet last week he looked decent yeah um yeah didn't have a single drop last year at mizzou for love it and i think like i said i'd have to look at the number six or seven i think already this year for him matt landers used to drop that's a name we didn't oh think was thrown out tonight well, yeah, practice. That dude was a practice legend, G Day oh, legend. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Arkansas, wasn't that bad, but at Georgia, boy, he couldn't catch cold. A cup of coffee with the Seahawks, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's in the NFL. Yeah. I think he's in practice squad or something like that. Hey, you know, so good for him. Love it reminds me a little of Fred Gibson, extremely talented but inconsistent hands. Joshua Patterson with the cowboy hat taking us back to old Freddie G. Oh, man, that's uh, high praise. Fred Gibson's great. Kevin you know, uh, speaking of who your people remind you of, you know who, uh, Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint reminds me of y'all remember Michael Bennett from back in the day? Yeah. Not not the fastest guy, not the biggest guy, but I like that. I like that. Possession receiver. You need six yards, like he inside slam. He runs a seven yard route. Every like if you need six yards, he's catching the ball seven yards downfield. He never caught the ball like on his feet. Like he was always diving to the ground onto his (laughs) knees. 
guys, I want to I want to go four box here. We've got a guy here I've never never had on the show. Um, so please don't do anything crazy. I will drop you in a quick second. Uh, his name is the historian, though. Uh, what's up, man? What's going on? My name is Ryan Walker. My nickname is the historian. I actually host the podcast myself, so you don't have to worry about hey, me cool. getting out of pocket. Thank I host. You. I host a show called The Birdcage. I do it for the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm a diehard dog fan. So I'm going to let you know what my credibility is, first and foremost. I love Georgia it. Bulldog legend Clarence K is my godfather. So if y'all want to say that I'm a fake fan, I've been doing this since birth. So y'all can kick rocks with that. So I'm going to make sure if anybody knows that name, that was the legendary tight end who blocked for Clarence K. I'm sorry, blocked for Herschel Walker in that 1980 season as a freshman. So that's my godfather. I got the helmet to prove it. So I can send you pictures if you want to see it. No rods being right kicked. Bonafide. Right I'm just making sure. I'm making sure because I'm going to keep I'm it real. I'm the only fake fan around here. Let's get that straight right now. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I, I love, I love you how you came out. Look how you came out right there. Uh, that, well, that was you messed up when you actually con when you actually compared Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint to Michael Bennett. That's a no-no. If you're going to compare him to a receiver, let's talk about his hands. His I didn't body mess up at all. and everything else. No, you no, you well, messed up with no, no, is coming on here with the big boy attitude. Oh, no, 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 no. I got no, I got it. Look, I gotta give you this. If you don't compare me to somebody, you messed up coming on here acting like anybody cares who your godfather is. Nobody nobody. If you have something, I got one for you. Michael Irvin. Okay, if you're gonna compare him to somebody, compare him to Michael Irvin because he's very similar. Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint will have in his entire well, life, sir. Well, of course. I'm talking about the similar style of play, though. Hold on. Michael Jackson. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the way that he plays the game, homie. Let's get this straight. I'm talking about the way he plays the game. I'm not saying he's going to be Mike. is the next Warren Sapp. No, 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 no. Think about it. Marcus Rosemary Jackson is a hell of a blocker. Let's get this straight. You talk about a guy that actually sacrifices. Irving did that during the time of of his hurricane days when he had Alonzo Highsmith in the backfield. Literally, same body type. If he doesn't break his leg in that Florida game, let's be real. He touches the ball a lot more. You look at what happened last year. Ladd led the team in receptions because Bennett's favorite targets were Ladd McConkey and also the beast, Brock Bowers. He didn't spread the ball around enough. Look at Carson Beck. A lot of folks want to sit there and talk about it, and let's get this straight away tonight. Carson Beck went 337 today, three touchdowns, went 22 out of 32 today. Now, he missed a lot of – he missed three deep shots today that he should have hit. He sh he missed them, hands down. And honestly, you got to spread the ball around. You got you can't expect these guys to catch the ball if there's no rhythm with the quarterback that starts. You got a guy that was locking on to two different receivers last year. And really, let's be real, how many times did we see any of the other receivers last year uh, touch the ball outside of those two? Let's be real on that. I, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm a, I'm gonna keep it a hundred percent. You lost me. You really did. I'm sorry. And, and I'm I, sorry. It, it's, but it's you not, but you did it with passion, and so I'm into it. Like okay, this is yeah. great. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But let's get let's get to it though. We already know Carson Beck is a first year starter. It's his first time really starting since high school. 
Okay. And when you look at that, you're talking about a guy that won Mr. Florida football in 7A. That is a hard division to do that in because you're playing against the Miami Centrals, the Jacksons, and the Northwesterns. Let's just be real on this. you got a guy who's got the physical tools. He just hasn't found a rhythm yet. We, okay. you know, and, and it takes time. Unfortunately, a lot of folks forget that Stetson Bennett went to Juco and played for a year and got groomed a little bit, even though he knew the playbook. He came back and was more confident because he started. Carson Beck is just coming into a situation where, hey, you're throwing him into the situ a situation with the Wolves, in a sense, which we expect him to come out the gates firing because he's been here for four years now, right? Yeah. Okay, he's been here for four years, and everybody's expecting him to come out the gate and just, just, come, just come with it. You can't do that coming out the gates like that. The man has to get in the rhythm. He has to have – Game speed familiarity. It's easy to do it in practice, but it's like you say, it's hard to do it when the bullets are flying. Okay. I think he did all right. Okay. So are you are, like, so, sorry, are you saying you think Carson is the quarterback going forward or you don't trust Carson? I, I'm going to be honest with you. He has, he's only turned the ball. He's barely turned the ball over this year. So he has my trust in being able to secure the football. Okay. Now, the thing that I have, the thing that I don't have trust in him with yet until we see it consistently is throwing deep shots because he's missed some, he's missed some good. He's missed some shots downfield. Arian Smith. I think that might've been on him cause he slowed up a little bit, but the, but the, huh? No, he's saying he was on area. He's saying it was on no, area. That was on area. No, okay. that was on area. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. saying, so the next one that now the one that he did completely miss, you had Jackson Meeks running down the field by himself. You just okay. missed. Okay. And let's just be real. He has to get he has to be able to make those throws when we get into SEC play, because at the end of the day, we're not going to get opportunities like that when we play against stingier defenses. So all I'm saying is I feel as if what we can do on the offensive side of the ball, just like Bobo did tonight, go ahead and continue to keep throwing the ball. Let the guy get comfortable because he has the arm talent to put the ball on the money. We just have receivers that has been just dropping passes left and right. That's been a problem. We got to get consistency out of the receiver court. Defensively, Jamon Dumas Johnson's got to play better. You're a middle linebacker. You all SEC. I'm just being real. He's 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 like the Keith Brooking on this defense. Let's keep this straight. Just like Keith Brooking was with the Falcons, cleaning up tackles, missing tackles that he should be hitting. Damn. So all I'm saying is this. So. Hold up. Hold I'm saying this hold with hold JDJ, hold he's got to get better. So Dumas Johnson, Keith Brooking, Marcus Roseman, Jack Saint, Michael Irvin. I said he played. I said he plays like him because he's missing too many. He's missing too many tackles that he should be making. Carson Just being Beck, real. Went to Georgia Carson Tech Beck. is garbage. Carson Beck. It, but think about it though. Yeah, he went to Georgia Tech. He was garbage, but he played for the Falcons. You can actually see I got a Falcons flag in the back. Falcons is the worst so, franchise in NFL history. I mean. Uh, Actually, no, nah, we actually, we actually a little bit bigger. You're an NFL player and you play for the Falcons. It's like bragging about being the world's tallest midget. I mean. Well, here's the thing. When did we, let's be real. We fell off after Vince Dooley left when they didn't give Irk Russell the job. Since you want to say that, let's be real. Ray Goff, Jim Dunning. Yeah, let's yeah, be yeah, real. Look, 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 look. No Jim Dunning disrespect on this show. Period. Point blank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive, forgive me. Forgive Here me, Coach Bannon. I'm sorry. Forgive okay. me. But right. I'm just okay. but I'm just saying, but let's just be real though. 
because I don't understand why Donnan gets so much hate. It's not like he was Ray. No, no, no. I got more dislike for Ray Golf than I do Jim Dunn. I respect Jim Dunn. Look, look, look. My, you know, that that's my people. You know, you threw him under the bus. I got, I got, you know, step up for him. Donnan took care the goalpost down in two thousand. I love Donnan. Let's not get crazy on 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 JD there, because. You know, the Monroe come out of me. You know, we don't want to do that. I'm just no, happy no, that, like, in these. I, I apologize with that. But I let's just be that. real. JDJ, let's just be real. But JDJ, if you're a middle line, if you're this middle linebacker that we that was supposed to be on Butkus Award watch this year, and you were seen last year to make plays, is it the fact that you had a great front, a great front in front of you, and you were able to clean things up, or are you just struggling where? Like he got lost. Think about it. The first touchdown, he got lost with that tight end. Let's just be real on that. That tight end came out of the backfield. He stopped and he watched the guy run and he was chasing. We've got to get better at identifying. He's got to get better at identifying runner packs. That's his job, being a middle linebacker. And it hurts not to have Javon Bullard in the back because he's not identifying. Uh, he can't identify this and call this stuff out to him. All I'm saying is we've got to get in a situation to where We've got to be able to help this guy out. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. You got to help your middle linebacker out. Right, Dane? I'm just and, proud that, like, in this discussion, we've done, like, one of the hardest things to do in sports analysis, and it's cross-racial comparisons. We have gone Michael Bennett to Marcus Rosemary Jackson, and we've gone Pop to, to Keith Brooking. Like, I'm yeah. proud of all of us, y'all. Like, we're doing yeah. a good job here. That is, that, that is. That's hard to do. It is. But, hey, but here's well, the question I got for you guys, and I want y'all oh, to be honest. Question. Hell yeah. All right. I'm ready. I got you. Now, we, now, we talked now. Another guy that I feel like doesn't get the ball enough. I know he's, he's not a scholarship guy, but he's impressed me, you know, since he's been here. That's Savon Clark, number 20, running back. My question is, why don't we use him more in the running game? If we're down running backs right now, you know, Milton's down. You know what I'm saying? You, you're, you're literally trying to get. Andrew Paul back because of that knee injury from last year. He's still trying to get the wheels on him. Cash Jones is solid coming out of the backfield passing game. But Savon Clark runs between the tackles with an anchor. My question is, why don't we use him more? Because he's not very good. Uh, Dane. Thoughts? He's behind Cash Jones. Come on. Whoa. Whoa. I mean? Whoa. What does that tell you? What are you hating on Cash for? I'm not hating on Cash. Look. <laughs> The worst running back room we've had in 15 years, and we got to. I thought we were keeping it real. We can't. We can't argue with that because guess what? You're right. That running back room has not been produced like the running back rooms of the past. That's that. The stats don't lie. The stats are not lying. So I can't be mad at Uncle Lou for saying that. You're you're right about that. But at the same time, why don't why don't you take a shot at the dark? Give a guy a shot. You never know. They gave Stetson Bennett a shot. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't know if – I mean, Clark hasn't been talked about on the offseason like Cash Jones has. Obviously, Cash is showing something in practice that Clark isn't. That's why Cash speed. is getting the reps. Speed. Um, that, that's yeah, what the difference is, is it's yeah. like downhill speed. I know what you're saying between the tackles, but usually if you're going to play running back at Georgia, it's going to be can you do the pass protection? Can you mm-hmm. uh, pick up these different things? And, like, you know, he's, he's not quite as strong, not quite as fast. He doesn't have quite the build. Like, good player. He's going to get reps in there, especially in blowout games. But Of course. I mean, I mean Dajan, will, Dajan will get 30 so carries before he gets a first half. Multiple wide receivers ahead of him. I mean, I, I mean, 
Uh, Dylan, yeah, yeah, you're right. Dylan, Dylan Bell was a running back in high school too. So you have right. a Debo, Sam, you have a Debo Samuel Cordell Patterson type of comparison with those cats. I'm just saying. Man, I love. Man, I love cool. Hold on, you just pulled up the liquor. I'm not mad at you. Look, I love the comparisons, man. They are wild. They are cra- like they're 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 out there. I like it though. I like it. Dil- Dylan Bell could be like a like a Debo, um, like a like a top tier. Uh, yeah, a top tier. Yeah, not 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 the guy that was at Carolina. We talk about the guy that's in the league now, but but I'm just being honest. I think, and you know, it sucked to watch him fumble the ball today. They got to get better with ball security too. That was the other thing. Those fumbles that we had in special teams today, Dylan Bell and then Makai Muse. When you run in traffic, you literally have to hold on to the rock. Period. Rock Bowers yeah. fumbled a couple of times today, or at least once. Out of bounds. It was a sloppy game in a lot of ways. Like there, look, the stat sheet does not tell. You want to go back to Carson Beck on this? There should have been a pick six that, like, he, he threw it right there, and like that's oh, never going to show Oscar up on Delt a stat sheet. That thing, Oscar Delp went into a defense mode right there and just <laughs> tackled that dude. I mean, he saw it happen and he was like, "Nah, I can't let this happen." Mm-hmm. Straight up tackled him. Could have been offensive that pass interference. Awesome. Hell, I mean, he I mean, he just speared the guy. Uh, you know, he, he saw it was coming on that. Uh, yeah, Davis You're, right. Be here. You're right about that. Oscar Delp, you know, I, I was impressed because we've had plays where we watch guys just watch watch stuff happen. Oscar didn't let that happen. He just made a play. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as much as I love Carson Beck, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a fan, but he's got to play better. But, you know, I had shades of what happened to him last year, you know, in the UAB. I mean, sorry, in the 2021 year in the UAB game where he threw that pick six and he ran down the sideline and just watched the guy, just watched the guy run past him with no effort. See, one thing I've learned about like the guys that Kirby brings in, you've got to play football. It doesn't matter if a mistake is made, get your ass up, turn around and go get, go get the ball carry period. If you have a turnover. I, I like, I like how you came in here, historian, you came in strong. Okay. And, and, I appreciate that. I forgot who your godfather is, you know, Clarence, but K. Clarence K. All right. I'll remember that. Um, I don't have a godfather, if you're asking. I don't have one. Um, so some of us are different, right? But at the end of the day, we all come together and we can all talk sports, right? We can all talk dogs. Um, even if you did call Uncle Lou out immediately when you came in here. I don't, I don't know why, right? Um, is there some backstory between you guys? Podcast? No. No, I, I actually okay. I actually think he I actually think he's pretty pretty decent with what he does or whatnot. I just didn't like the comparison that he made with Marcus Roseman Jack Saint. I just wanted to call it call it for what it was. So but he hasn't been wrong about a lot of the stuff that he said today. I can't be mad at him. He's been spot on with the way that the dogs were sloppy tonight and he called stuff out. I respect right. that. Right. And it was so, no feelings involved. No, <laughs> no feelings. And uh, hey, I appreciate it. I'll let you shout out. You know what? I, I liked it so much. Shout out that Falcons podcast for us one more time before you head out. So check us out on Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Um, it's called The Birdcage LLC. It's on YouTube. We also have interviews that we do with uh, former professional athletes and whatnot. We've had Billy White Shoes Johnson on. We've had Dwight Stevenson. We're actually working on getting NFL Hall of Famer Dwight Stevenson. Uh, we've had... Some we've had some home run hitters, and we've also had Terrence Mathis on the show as well, former Falcon legend. So well, you can say out. you've come on to Paul Meharry's show, you know, former Georgia legend. So most definitely, but, I would love yeah. to do that. Yeah, so just let me know. We'll talk to you soon. 
Appreciate it, fellas. All right, man. Thanks. Probably should have told him that uh, if I had to pick a favorite NFL team, I root for the Saints. Oh, boy, that would have set him off. Yeah. That would have set him I off. I kind of waited. Right, hey, I got to get out of here, guys. Thanks for having me on, though. I enjoy what y'all do. Keep up the good work and go dog. Take it easy, man. Take all it right. easy. Come on. Hey, come back with us, bro. I, 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 all right. Yeah, you. Okay. All right. I mean, that's a drop the mic, get out the door. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, Lou, we'll see you later. Um, damn, that was – I'm going to keep it real with you, Dane. The first – two three minutes of the historian talking i really got lost uh, you, you didn't back. need me tonight paul i could have just gone on to bed yeah i i um i don't i don't know what was really being said i had to stop it there i do i did see everybody talking about who their godfathers were um somebody said your was their godfather dang so <laughs> oh i was somebody's godfather yeah your oh. goatee was yeah. oh yeah. hey roddy you ready to come on all right you're smoking a cigarette in your house. I guess that's what happens when you just, you know, you get new houses. You just yeah, you got a new house coming. I can smoke the shit out of this one. You buy, yeah. a, <laughs> buy a second house, and here we go. Yeah, yeah. You get a second house, you just smoke the smoke in the first one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I can burn this one down. I got another place to go. <laughs> right, a little insurance money. Screw this we place. Yeah, we, we upped the insurance on it, and all of a sudden, I started leaving open gallons of gas everywhere. I don't know how that happened. Right, right. Um, Roddy, been a hell of a show, Roddy. Uh, hello, Dude, first I've been sitting backstage watching uh, Uncle Lou and the historian. That's best show of the year. It just man, just uh, made, made my night. I'm nervous, and, and like, I'm afraid to screw it up. Section. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know, man. I don't, I really don't know what just happened. I'm like having to process it all, Paul. I think you need more night games. I think it brings out like uh, yeah. the real of the real, you know what I mean. Uh, back to the game though, guys, um, 49, 21, you guys were together over there with Don and I saw your cool new headsets. Audio sounded great. Sounded like you were like a Monday night football booth over there. So sounded really good. Uh, what, what was, what was coach Donnan talking about Roddy and, and, and what were you talking about at the end of this game? <laughs> Game's over. It was a lot of, uh, quarterback talk, offense talk, defense talk, but it's, it's exactly what we wrote about in the three, two, one column, the first the first observation one where a third of the way through the season, you play four games, you know, a third of the regular season, you don't really have your identity yet, but you're going to have to make an identity with the guys you're with basically without certain players. And I don't know any team in the think about this. A lot of teams in the sec, a lot of teams in the country don't have an all conference player. George has eight. You have eight all sec guys. What were you missing five of them today? So, I mean, over half of your all SEC players are out. You're missing a Mary, you're missing your best offensive lineman. Amarius Mims is out. You're missing your best wide receiver. You know, Lad McConkey's out. Uh, you're missing probably your best running back. Now, Brandon Robinson could could get a vote there. Dejan Edwards could get a vote, but the guy who's supposed to be your best running back, Kendall Milton, that's your RB1. He's out. You're missing your best safety. Javon Buller, he's out. You see what it looks like when Javon Buller is not in the game. You're missing your best defensive end, Michael Williams. He's out. Five starters, and we're bitching they didn't win 70 to nothing. I mean, it again, you can always say, well, next man up. That's bull crap because at some point you rat them in. You know, if you take the – Ohio State and Alabama can talk about missing one player and how it's the end of civilization. 
Georgia's missing five all SEC caliber players, and they're still winning games. So my point is, if you look at what they where they are now, and we can lament about you know what they did and what they didn't do, uh, we can be upset about you know hanging seven touchdowns. Uh, t- and again, they went touchdown, punt, turnover on downs. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. There were problems in the red zone last week. They got in the red zone this time six times, six TDs. That sounds like you fixed your offensive red zone issue. Uh, you scored three points in the first half last week. You scored 20, what, 21, 24. How many was it in the first That's half? First 20, half? 28. 28. So you scored four touchdowns this week. You, you got better even though you're missing players. Uh, and I'm with you. I mean, the fact that Ladd McConkey's out uh, is tough. And here's the thing, you have Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett who come in as your transfers in, so you get an influx into the wide receiver room and you lose Ladd. But there are certain routes, certain things that Ladd does in his sleep that they're just now learning. You know, they haven't had as much time going through it. So it, it does matter. Carson Beck, great day. But I've got those, I think, a career-high 336 yards, but he should have had 450. Yeah. You know, he's a little inaccurate. So again, that's on him. It, but it's his first year. It's your left tackle's first uh, first four games. You know he's getting better. Right, your right tackle's gone. You, you yeah. got trust well, out the, there. You know, you have, so point being, when you move all those guys around, this isn't your championship team that you lined up. This isn't your hell. This isn't your uh, SEC conference team that you lined up out there. You know, and you got ten guys off to the NFL. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to give excuses. I'm just trying to give perspective. So when we go, uh, you know, Bobo this, Beck that, defense this, I'm like. Yeah, uh, you're not as good as you were last year. Just basically, here's, here's you're going to have you're going to have to slog through games until you get these guys back, and until you stop doing stupid things, and until you get your timing right. The timing right's wrong on some of these runs. The timing is bad on some of these passes. They're you know either inaccuracy or the timing or the throws. And your special teams, man, this is supposed to be where you don't take a step backwards. This is supposed to be a step forward. And you're miss you've missed the field goals last week and two turnovers on. Uh, Special teams and I mean, made men, made men, mm. your leaders fumbling the ball. Come on, man. Uh, you've got to. And you, 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 you go down the field and you get a penalty on a, a you know guy who's supposed to be out there all the time. Stop getting penalties. Stop. Stop shooting yourselves. Get this stuff cleaned up. And you you could be that dominant team, but right now you're just not as good as you were last year. Well, you know, according to points per game, everybody loves that. Georgia scored 166 points this year, gentlemen. You divide that by four, that's 41 and a half. Last year they finished just under they finished just shy of 40. The reason I know that is because Eddie from Ackworth and I bet a steak dinner on it. He said over, I said under, and he bought me a steak dinner because they were under 40. So 41.5 right now. They are trending higher, but again, SEC play is is coming yeah, up. So. But they ain't played nobody. And they right. but yeah, hey, Spencer Rattler looked good tonight. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. He's only got like one receiver. So Mike Honcho says Roddy's faded off the fiddler and gummies. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Uh, low Elo Joe. Careful, Roddy. You're getting fired up. Watch out now. Um, low Elo. What? What's going on with Lad? Uh, he's got serious back issues. Yeah. Man, if you've ever injured your back, you know. You I had can't back do... surgery, my boy. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. Yeah, like, I've been there. Well, then tell me about it. Tell me about back pain, Paul. You think you uh, play football when you have back pain? <laughs> no, you, you you can't walk when you have back pain. Okay. Uh, 
You need a bed he can walk. You saw him out there jumping up and down, you know, but it's different than going out and catching a football, getting tackled and stuff like that. I think it's you – know, everybody wants to say, what, what could it be? We don't have a good answer on that, you know. And here's the thing. Our sources are, were great to let us know that he wasn't going to play. We, we've been the one breaking the news when he wasn't going to be out there. And it's not – you know, we're not just holding it out week to week. We're going off what we're hearing. And there are people that think, man, we think we got it. Okay, we think we've got him back. We're, we're good. And then there are people like, nah, it's going to be a couple weeks. It's going to be three weeks. And Foster. I can tell you about everything that we've <laughs> – Foster Moss. Foster's the man. Moss. I love Foster. I hurt my back and was real close to getting a divorce. I feel you, Foster. I feel you. Hey, he might have been throwing it sideways. That's why he's getting a hey. divorce. Hey. I'm just hey. saying, uh, when you – it is a unique situation from what we have. We, people can – oh, it's it's this. It's, I mean, we've heard 75 different theories. I've heard it's neurological. That's that. But, that's some of the worst. It yeah. Is, so I've heard that. that it's you know sprained. You know, all, run the game. You come up with any sciatic, whatever you want to come up with. I've heard, uh, but I will tell you this: they've done. They've consulted the NFL. They've gone to specialists uh, in at Piedmont Hospital. They've called in, you know, every uh, expert that you could think of. To figure it out again and remember uh we saw lawson lucky uh out there today right this is a guy who needed that tightrope surgery they did it immediately uh when, we, when kirby was announcing that uh amarius mims was gonna have tightrope surgery he'd already had it you know uh <laughs> <laughs> bruh foster but uh give a foster but it, i'm just saying it's uh it, it's it's serious and uh, we, we wrote that again. That's why you read the three, two, one report. We told people a couple weeks ago, it's worse than people know. And we told him he wasn't going to play last week. We told him he wasn't going to play this week. He's probably not going to play against Auburn. Uh, yeah. You hope to get Javon Bullard back. You know, that's you're definitely not going to get Amarius Mims back. You hope uh, to get Michael back. You know, yeah. Michael uh, was sick, just like uh, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. was last week. So uh, getting those guys back could be huge. You hope to get Kendall Milton back, but it's not. I had somebody hit me up on Twitter. Why won't you just come out and say it? I'm like, man, sometimes when it's really complicated, it's tough to get somebody to go on the record with what it is, you know? And sometimes due to HIPAA viol- regulations, yeah. nobody wants to leak it. So, Well, sometimes back injuries too, like legitimately are day to day that like you think you made a lot of progress and you wake up one morning, you're like, oh, that yeah. that's pulling tighter than I thought it might be. So uh, they're going to be careful with them because like if you screw this up, you don't get another shot this season. And so here's the thing. If you, if you do it wrong, it's not only a season ender, but it could be a career ender. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So just take that again. I'm not trying to uh, pussyfoot around and not tell people what we're hearing. I'm telling you exactly what we know. Uh, I've heard varying uh, various reports. And again, when it first happened, uh, well, it was like with uh, Deja and Edwards. Uh, we were told it's an MCL issue. Okay. We're like, all right, let's get confirmation. Let's go to practice. We didn't even write about it. So let's go to practice and see what's happened. And we go to practice. We see him running on the sideline, not even in a black jersey. Doesn't sound like it's an MCL issue. He misses the first two games. Yeah. So Paul, can I give you some positive and negatives from the day? And then absolutely. maybe even yeah. from the macro. Yeah. Uh, positive number one is Brock Bowers, obviously. I mean, I mean, you get the ball in that guy's hands and bada bing, bada boom. More so though, it was the healthiest that I feel like I've seen Bowers this season. Yeah. And so yeah. if, if that's what Bauer is, like, 
heading to the stretch. Like, that's the key to Georgia is whatever you got to do to give him the football. Like, that's going to make everything else go better. Number two, Jackson Meeks playing at wide receiver because on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of depth, you added a really good blocking wide receiver along, you know, to be in the mix with Rosemary Jackson. How many snaps did he run tonight? It wasn't a ton, but I remember on one specific Bowers, the one where Bowers threw the guy to the sideline, um, you had Jackson Meeks blocking in front of him. I think Meeks is a tremendous football player. And I'm not saying he's a superstar. He's not as fast as a lot of other receivers, but that's neither here nor there. The other thing, you're kind of seeing Georgia's defensive front, and maybe because Michael wasn't there, this just it was more apparent to me. You're seeing like the Jalen Walker, maybe even Darius Smith being unlocked a bit more, and you kind of can project ahead to be like, oh, okay, Michael, Jalen, uh, when Sori's out there. Like, I, I feel pretty good about Georgia's athletes at edge, where I think that was a question a few weeks ago. That's a lot well, of positives. I mean, yeah, j- before we go to your cons, uh, or negatives rather, uh, Jalen Walker was held tremendously on that. I mean, his whole jersey was in that guy's hand. Uh, it should have been a sack. So, you know, he was he was getting off the ball pretty quick rate. I, I, I like what we're seeing in, in Jalen Walker for sure. Um, you know, cons, and a lot of, like, there's the health issue stuff. So, like, you know, Georgia is better at tackle than what it showed tonight. Um, but, like, it, it has two tackles that are out right now. And so I, I think projecting ahead, that'll kind of fix itself. Some, it wasn't a crazy big deal tonight, but it's kind of like uh, we were saying earlier, like we project ahead to these things. So now that we're four games into the season, which I think it was Roddy or, or maybe Coach Don said, like we're a third of the way through this season. Like blink and, and this is going to be gone. And then we're yeah. going to be in the doldrums of the off season again. Uh, but we're a third of the way through the regular season, which I think gives us an appropriate sample size on what Georgia does well and what Georgia doesn't do well and maybe what we still don't know. And a lot of the concerns that I came on here and I mentioned about quarterback with Carson Beck at the beginning of the season, and I was too hasty that night with a little too much Fiddler bourbon. Um, A lot of those same things are still there. Like there are some decision-making things you're like, oh, or there's some accuracy issues and you're like, um, it makes it feel a little bit better when you look around the country and you don't see a whole lot of good quarterback play. And especially when you look in the SEC and you don't see a whole lot of good quarterback play. But when you're projecting ahead later in the season, I still think there's reason to be worried about Georgia at quarterback right now. Oof. Well, here's the thing. Do, you, do either one of you and folks in the comments give me your question. If Georgia's down again like they were to South Carolina, a couple scores to a better team, do you have faith that your quarterback can win it for you? On his own. And, again, you look at some of these other guys, you know, the Jalen Hurts of the world, you know, uh, drive the field. You know, In other words, if you give them the ball 90 seconds left on the clock, they're down by four. You know you got to put it in the end zone. You're like, ah, we got this. You kind of felt that way with some of the quarterbacks we saw last year. But I'm looking around the uh, – what, maybe Caleb Williams. I'm looking around the landscape of the SEC, that nation. I'm like, I don't know a lot of guys. I'm like, yeah, they're going to win. You gave them, there's too much time. They're going to score. I mean, it's like Penix and Williams. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not a lot. Penix mm-hmm. was going to be my other guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bo Nix. I don't know. Uh, but that's a different story. But hey, I mean, both playing good. And uh, honestly, if they had a few more weapons at South Carolina, you know, offensively, right. you think, well, they could score. And, but, and they did last year. But my point it, is, 
do you have that faith in Carson right now? When, when Jason when Jason comes on here and says that, like, I still think this guy's a Heisman contender, and he sees like it, it really baffles me because I'm not seeing the same things. I love that we have disagreements even within our staff, and I think those are representative of Georgia fans everywhere that follow this. Like, it, it's all over the board, and that's it's really strange to me that there's such a wide swath of opinions on Carson Beck's place thus far. There is. There's a, there's a huge. Uh, swath on that like you said uh jason when he got on the show said he still sees sees him as a heisman contender and, and like i'm baffled by that because i think yeah. he, he, I, look at his night tonight four touchdowns 336 yards yeah Man, that's heisman numbers yeah yeah but then there's people that's like not watching the game and like it, it, it should have been a pick six well, tonight it, sh- it like, should have been but it, it wasn't it should have been 500 yards like every quarterback has a should have been a pick six yeah it should have mm-hmm. been yeah and so to answer your question, though, Roddy, to go back to your original question, like a, a night game, where, let's see, a night game at Auburn, that's not going to be happening. A night game at Tennessee, they're down 14. Yeah, I think you have to trust Carson. I don't, I don't I mean, think you do, but I'm saying, do you believe oh, this, this guy's got it? Do, do, you not, do you trust him? Do you have faith in him? Each week, each week it's growing. First week, it was maybe 10, 15%. Yeah. Then it, right now I'm like 50, 50, you're going to have to show me, you're going to have to go into Auburn and play in a tough environment. Let me see what you're about there. If you get down, let me see what you can do there. You know, that's, that, that's where I'm at. He's not, he's not like Stetson was where you could really rely on Stetson late in his career. Second year, Georgia's down. He's going to, he's got that. He wants to go play in those big games. That's his, that's where he shines. We haven't seen Carson have to play in a big game. South Carolina at home is not a big game. No. Yes, they were down. I mean, it's only his third game of his career. This right. is the fourth game. Each game, he's gotten better. Uh, and it's he, to no fault of his own. He can't make the schedule. So he's playing. And, and dude, there was some, play he, there, I, I would say he had three inaccurate passes. He also had three drops. Mm-hmm. So He didn't have a whole lot of help from skill guys. Today, again, so I'm, for, sure. I mean, for me, the jury's out. I don't know. I, I don't know that I have faith, but I don't distrust him like yeah, yeah that's what I'm, I'm 50 50 on him right yeah. now so and, and, but again and I can go either way each third game. Of the way four games so right to me i could see him getting an invitation in, at the end of the year to go to new york because all of a sudden this guy's 12 and 0 you know he's averaging 330 yards a game passing it's, the competition gets better he gets better you know he's had what one uh one pick yeah, only only one. Yeah, right? but and that really wasn't supposed. Like again, that's one of those things. It's going to show up as an interception on the stat on the stat yeah. sheet. But like, it shouldn't have been a pick. It was yeah, one of those then, like batted balls down the field. Should have been, you know, right? But then also, you know, and it's that's just how it goes. There's also there's the inter- incompletions that'll show up. They should have been completions. Sure. So I'm getting. I'm the. I'm the same way about you know the, the offensive line. The offensive. There were some holes there. The guys walked in untouched. You know, it's like okay, they can do it. And then other times, I'm like, man, y'all are getting your quarterback killed. I just see some. I see some things with Beck that like projecting ahead. Like if he improves it, fine. I'll shut up about it. I promise you, I will. But like rushing these fakes, he continues to do that. Um, inaccurate downfield passing. When there's pressure in the pocket, he really rushes everything and and makes poor throws. I mean, he, he was inact like. The book on him is going to be pressure him and see what happens. But he also he knows where to go when you pressure him too, because he's also on blitzes. I think he's like eighty uh, something percent completion rate. Here's here's a good question. Connor Sweeney says, "Dane, what were we saying about Stetson after four games?" Ooh, good question. I mean, majority of the fan base was saying bench him. I was telling you the guy was great. 
so so maybe you're on maybe you're on the because uh, right like if you if y'all remember these debates, I was always Stetson over JT. Like when JT came to Georgia, just like I don't see it. So, but to but to Connor's point, after Stetson after four games, not, well, Stetson not, himself, Stetson himself said I was worried about getting pulled. Yeah, every I mean, time, and I think even, that's Carson's issue. Yeah, I, I think, think we saw a little bit hesitant, girl. you know, because he's worried about. Uh, He's worried about what Kirby's got two major requirements: protect the ball, get us in the right play. And what and does he say when we ask him, "Hey Kirby, how, how what do you think of Carson?" He gets us in the right plays. He's been protecting the football. He's been doing exactly what we asked him to do. Yeah. Now Kirby, if you ask him, "Hey Kirby, what do you think of our secondary?" He was asked about that specifically. Like, well, we missed a lot of tackles in the secondary. Yeah. You know, and he won't say David Daniel, Dan Jackson missed tackles, but you know, he'll miss we miss some tackles at the safety position. You know, he's not one to uh, pull punches. You know, he, did, he won't throw any kid under the bus, but he'll he's pretty honest about where, where they need to improve. And you ask him about uh, Carson, and he comes to Carson's defense every time. I'm like, he, you know, so yeah, there's some things he can work on, but it's it's not the same as if you ask him about Jamal Jarrett, he'll go after Jamal Jarrett. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, Jamal's had a a, a rough off season, um, but but again, that's because Kirby expects big things from him. Yeah, some he, of this is, is like it, like coaching is a personality management business, and Carson Beck's demeanor requires something different than Stetson Bennett's. Like he always like Stetson would play great, and he'd come back playing like Stetson didn't play that great. There were things he did wrong. We need to like work on this and this and this. Like he tell you all the things. He doesn't do that with Carson Beck. Like he may have a couple small things, but like this is a personality management thing. He needs Carson to stay checked in on this all the time. And he needed Stetson to cool off and not think he was hot shit. Like that's that's yeah, and so that's why Kirby's a really good coach. I said it last I said it last week because uh somebody brought it up on the show and was like, Why is it that I think it might have been Jenna who's in here again? Thank you, Jenna. And uh she was watching the watch along. Jenna's too. the best. Yeah, I think Jenna did it. I'm I'm could be mistaken. She said, Why is it that Carson doesn't get yelled at on the sidelines. And to Dane's point, it's it's different coaching tactics for different strokes for different folks. He yeah, knew from- chewing out uh, Stetson Bennett on oh, dude, he, he that like had- one minute thing, and Kirby messed it up. And he's like, I'm going to yell at you to make it look like, you know, you screwed up, you know, or yeah, something. I mean, I, mean, it was, I don't, I don't, I remember that one minute drive, and I'm like, Carson did what he's supposed I mean, uh, Stetson did what he's supposed to. And I yeah. think you guys are like, hey, we want to run the one minute. And I think he went out and kneeled it or something. But they're like, hey, this is. And we asked Kirby about it afterwards. He's like, oh, well, that was just, you know, nothing. So he chews out some guys. But remember, Carson is the one who doesn't show any emotion. So Kirby last week said we finally saw some emotion, and that got the guys fired up. You know, he always talks about how he's almost dispassionate and academic in what he does. That's not a person that you yell at. You know, that's a person that you're like, okay, well, if you're cerebral, let's have a cerebral discussion on the sideline. Right. I mean, there's certain players when they come to the sideline – like with Stetson, you got to ream their ass. That, that's how you. That's how he. Ta- that's how he learns. With Carson, well, dude, that's how. More, that's how men learn. Hard. Yeah, <laughs> everything's important. Is yelled at us. Not not all though. Like like I don't think Carson Beck responds to that. It doesn't seem that way. No, I'm all I'm saying. I it's, think it's why Kirby's a master manipulator on this. Like he's a great coach in that way. Hey, I'm about to bow out because I know you have other people coming in. But um, ASW Distillery is awesome. I hope people check them out. They're distilled by dogs. Five of the six founders um, are from UGA. They're UGA grads, and um, it's great. I'm better off than I was after that first game. Oh, whoa! How much is in that glass, bro? Uh, the ice melted. 
Jesus. Whoa. Hey, I know we say five out of six dogs are five of the six owners are dogs. Where's the other one from? I mean, Dude, he's, point, that, he's that dentist, you know, five out of six recommend dentine. Right. You know, right. he's, he's that one that's like, no, I'm just not going to do it. I was gonna say he just says he needs to go get like or an she, online I don't know. degree. I don't know. He needs to go get an online degree from from Georgia so they can say six of six. Because look, every every staff has that one person. You just kind of look at side eye and be like, why are they here? So hey, I'll let y'all right. decide who that is on our team. Let's let's not talk about me like that before you. Leave <laughs> the game, okay? A little disrespectful. Okay. Paul, I love you always. You know. That. All right. All right. Take it easy, Dave. See you Take guys. Uh, let's bring in uh, Jeremy Neighbors here. Jeremy, hey, Jeremy before you get started there, when, while you're bringing him in, again, I want to uh, remind our folks to go by the tasting rooms in Atlanta. Yes. Okay? Especially the one by the battery. Look, the Braves are phenomenal. You need to be going to the Braves games before you go to the Braves game. Swing by the uh, ASW tasting room at the battery. And there's two other locations. They so got three in Atlanta. Uh, again, uh, fantastic bourbon and again it's not just because they're georgia fans we're saying they're good bourbon they look look on your screen there see all those awards their rye wins their vodka wins their uh, gin wins they win awards and these are blind taste tests and these are by the you know this is the olympics of uh spirit tastings and they go and they clean everybody's clock so again if they weren't georgia fans we'd be thrilled to have them as a sponsor because they make damn good bourbon okay but they're Georgia fans. So you have no reason to be buying crappy bourbon. It's Maker's Mark. It's great. I love Maker's Mark. I, I love some of these. I love Buffalo Trace. But you could get bourbon that tastes as good, if not better, award-winning, from Georgia fans who turn their money back into the Georgia program. So do that. Bring Jeremy on. Jeremy. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Uh, so just to kind of piggyback off Friday there, uh, I've been I've been trying to look at getting some Fiddler, but over here in Texas, uh, I was uh, shocked to see the I had a little uh, sticker shock at the shipping price to get it out here. So I may yeah, uh, I'll, I'll come tough. I'll come back. Uh, I'm, I'll like I'm gonna try to talk myself into getting some, but the, the 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 shipping cost was almost pretty close to what the bottle itself cost. Okay, here's the uh, oh you uh, Herschel Walker. I know he's out in Texas too. Uh, well, we'll try yeah. to. We'll send you guys a uh, care package case. You know, I'll I'll, pick, I'll pick up the uh, Jenna doesn't like bourbon. Come on, Jenna. Hey, Jenna, they got uh, gin and they got uh, vodka, and I'm telling you, the vodka that's coming. You just wait. I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to break it up here, but it's coming. But yeah, we'll get you guys some. Oh, awesome, man! I appreciate that. Um, uh, as far as as far as the initial thoughts on the game, you know. I thought I thought they did great. I mean, this was to me by far, except for some just defensive lapses. Uh, part of that was a turnover that gave the UAB the short side of the field. Yeah. I thought this was has been their best offensive game of the season. You know, like y'all said, I mean, six red zone possessions, six touchdowns. I was completely fine with Beck. I was very impressed with him tonight. Um, I was texting back and forth with another friend earlier tonight, and he's you know, been a little more too harsh, instant reaction, like uh, knee-jerk reaction, wanting to, you know, blame Bobo. But, like, the more I've talked to him, I've tried to talk to him. I was like, man, you know, what it really boils down to, what we got here, is injuries and inexperience. And yeah. injuries begets inexperience. You know? You're going to bring in a guy that Oh, yeah, I got you. 
because you're going to have to break in guys that haven't played before. Now, I'm hoping as the season progresses, Beck is showing that progression. Hopefully it keeps going and keeps going. That natural experience that comes as the season goes, I'm hoping, you know, by the time we get later into the year that this, this is a well-oiled machine, and I'm hoping the more, some more of those guys are back. Um, and I made a comment earlier, you know, next season, next week I feel like the real season begins, and the reason I say that is the SEC grind starts. You know, no, I, you know, I feel like we've had our four games, South Carolina included. I feel like our, almost like our preseason is over. It's time. It's time to play. Yeah, you better uh, nut up now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even with yeah. Auburn losing today, that's still a tough place for Georgia to go play. Regardless, I, I don't. Man, that's my big. That's my big thing. I know. Uh, you know, Jason's like, yeah, they don't have a quarterback, but man, I'm, Georgia's had some really tough games there through the years. And yeah. my biggest thing, even man, without them not having a quarterback, man, freezes teams, man. They've had success against Kirby defenses. Yep. So that's just still what worries me. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope next Saturday when we come on, we're talking about a you know a 21 point victory or more, or whatever. But Kirby's defenses have had trouble against Hugh Freeze offenses in the past. So again, maybe again, maybe I'm putting too much into that since they don't have a quarterback. But that is just a worry of mine. Plus, going into Jordan Hare. I mean, they don't need Jeremy. They don't need a quarterback. Three thirty in 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 Auburn is scary. Even if they don't, if, if, if they, they have got two it backs seven or eight o'clock. Yeah, I mean, even if they have two running backs in the backfield, it, you know that's that's a scary environment. Now they're not they're not anywhere near as talented as some of the teams that that Georgia's had to go play there. That's for sure, but. That game's not going to be a an easy cakewalk game, I, I don't think, and especially if if for some reason Auburn gets up early, that's going to be, you know, that, that environment's going to be kicking. That's their Super Bowl. I mean, they have they have Georgia, then they have Alabama. They're yeah. out to ruin. They're out to ruin both of those teams' seasons. This is their first, you know, huge game at home. They're ready Josh, for it. Josh Patterson says, you know, that's one of the harshest environments he's ever experienced. I love that. Hey, Josh, show me where you got that hat. Oh yeah, I commented on the hat earlier. Yeah, hell of a hat. But no, he, he's right. Uh, if you've followed Georgia football for more than fifteen minutes, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm, I will flat tell you, I'm stealing this stat from my good buddy Jeff Dansler. We did a book together. I love Jeff. Jeff's one of the greatest bulldogs of all time. Uh, he pointed out to me years ago. Well, I think he pointed out on the radio. I said to me, I was listening, so it's, that's to me. Um, <laughs> No team has ruined Georgia's chances of an SEC championship more than Auburn, and vice versa. When you because remember, they always play at the end of the year, and you know, you look at the SEC rankings, and Georgia would go down there, uh, favored to win, they'd lose. Auburn come here, favored to win, they'd lose. I, these two teams play spoiler for each other all the time, and I don't care if you know they got the uh, mascot out there taking snaps, I will be nervous about the Auburn game even if Georgia's favored by 100, just because history likes to repeat itself, and that could be a tough stadium. Now, Georgia might go in there and win 49-0. I don't know. This, this, don't, don't sleep on Auburn just because it's like, oh, man, they, they, they lost today. Well, now they got something to prove. They got a coach together. And as Jeremy says, you know, that is a damn good offensive coordinator. He knows what he's got to do with it. What's he going to do? He's got four games to look at and go, huh. We're gonna crowd the box, take away their run game, you know, make them one-dimensional. We, we're, it's gonna be they—they're not as good throwing and catching as they were last year. Foster Moss says, "You know what's crazy is that the Auburn game, the dogs may look like a completely different team. Maybe they need to get away from home." As crazy as that may sound, I one million percent facts, Foster. I think that they've got to get out of Sanford, and 
They may look like shit though out of Sanford. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 two there's two sides to every coin, right, Foster? If they, they could look like a completely about. different team, uh, Jeremy. If and it could be the bad side, right? So yeah, and then a team uh, I was texting the same friend uh, about who they remind me of, and I saw someone else make the comparison now. Not quite the same situation because they still had their same Heisman winning quarterback, but they they remi- they reminded me just a little bit of 2014 Florida State, where they're they're winning and they're beating they're winning they are winning impressively, but there's still things where they're just kind of looking like they're sleepwalking or looking they're not looking like uh, they're not looking like champs even though they're number one. I mean, I don't know. Does that does that seem like a fair comparison? Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think so because well, go ahead, Roddy. Is this team as good as last year's team? No, I don't think so. No, Are you facing uh, an easier schedule than last year? Uh, right, so far, and you, yeah. yeah. And you have an e- yeah. So you have an easier schedule this year. So far, again, I'm I'm not so trying to rip on them. I'm just trying to like uh, the historian said, as Uncle Lou. Okay, keep it real. Keep it a hundred. Keep it uh, dead on. You know, you're not as good as you were. You lost ten guys to the NFL. You lost fifteen prior to that. So 25 guys in the last two years. You've lost your top wide receiver to uh, you know, back to Texas. You lost one of your best interior defensive linemen to the portal. And then you're down five of your eight all SEC preseason guys. So my point is you could have a ridiculously talented team as the new guys, your left tackle, your quarterback, get more experience. You know, uh, new guys in the secondary, they get better. And you get, get healthy. At the same time, right now, you're not as good as you were last year. But you have the potential to be as good. And I'm still saying you can go 15-0. But, damn, I think each game is going to be a little frustrating like this for the people that think it's going to be another 65-7 to TCU game or whatever, 49-7, whatever that uh, uh, Oregon game was. Yeah. Expect more Missouri, Kent State, Kentucky games throughout the rest of the season. But that's okay. Let's it also, is okay because you're still going to win. Yeah. Right, right. Let's also let's clarify Just that. I think right. He's surviving Jeremy. I, yes. I think I think the the TCU game, the 65 to 7 just beat down that they put on the Horn Frogs has kind of almost changed this. And you you've won two right. national titles, so you expect to go out there and just dominate. Teams are getting better. The transfer portal and NIL are helping these smaller teams become a little bit more relevant. They're going to hang around a little bit longer. It's going. You're going to continue to see this trend in college football. Five years from now, we're going to be watching until the fourth quarter, even if Georgia has a much better team, because all these teams are going to have some a little bit better players as, as it goes on. And that's parity. It's going to happen in college football due to NIL and transfer portal. 65 to 7, you know <laughs> – I think it it painted a false reality of what this season was going to be. And again, that's not to say you're not going to win every game, but there you're going to might you might have to watch the UAB game until the, the third quarter starts, you know, and, and really kind of dissect everything. It's okay. It's all right. It's football. Uh, Foster Moss again nails it. It seems like a 69 4 pickup takes a while to get going. <laughs> Dude, I remember my dad, my dad worked for General Motors for years, and I remember he had this. Big blue extended van that, that I probably ripped the door off of, but that's a different story. Uh, stealing it to go see my girlfriend. Uh, Damn. Shut up. The dad works second shift at General Motors over in uh, uh, Doraville. 
he'd go outside and he'd get up, you know, he'd sleep during the day, get up about <coughs> eight o'clock at night, you know, to go work the, excuse me, work third shift. And he'd get his coffee, go out, crank the van, go inside, drink half his coffee, go change into his uh, overall, we put on his boots. That van ran 20, 30 minutes before he went out and got into it to drive to Atlanta. That's this team. You got to get them warmed up. And they have started slow. Now, this week, they came down the uh, that first drive, opening drive, like the hair was on fire. That was the first yeah. opening drive touchdown this year. Yeah. From the Whereas last year, when you play with all the same guys or a lot of the same guys, easy breezy. It, it felt like almost every game, and, and Dave McStats is, can correct me on this because I'm going to be wrong. It felt like almost every game last year, first drive was a touchdown. Yeah. This year, it took until the fourth one to get one. So I can see where where that's coming. The the catchback on that, Jeremy, is you get off to a slow start against Auburn. You have the horses to beat them, but that crowd, you're in an away game. That's where I think a lot of people are kind of in this sit and wait with Carson Beck. We've we've seen that, him exactly. We've seen him exactly. from week one to week four. I mean, there's no denying it. Looks way better today, Jeremy, than the first week we talked. With fewer guys. Right. The first week we talked, Jeremy, we were like, man, this guy might not be it. Now we're like, all right, I feel pretty confident in him. This all could change, though, against Auburn. This is this is kind of the litmus test, if you will, right? And that's what, you know, kind of like uh, I think Brent mentioned it last week, you know, yeah, is this or what y'all were just saying. If we're down late this game next week, you know, to Auburn, do you believe Beck – can go lead them down the field with, you know, 90 seconds left. And the question, yeah, the answer is, I don't know. We got to see it. Well, remember, they, they had a one-minute offense planned last week. Not planned, but they had a one-minute opportunity last week against South Carolina. Carson Beck hits two good throws to the sideline. Neither guy got out of bounds. You know, damn it, Mike, Bobo, damn it, Carson Beck. No, dude, get out of bounds. You know that that is the play is to get – you catch it over there, and you get the hell out of bounds. Both of them got tackled in bounds. Now, I thought Brock was out, but they they called him in. You ran out of time. And that's, again, if we'd seen them uh, zip down the field and get a score before the half, you know, all of a sudden it's 14-10. We felt a lot better about last week or even just a field goal. And, hey, uh, you, you stop missing field goals. You'd also feel a lot better about it. You're bringing, breaking in a new kicker. So it's just a um, – it's – you're not as good as you were last year, but you had the potential. You have much better return guys than you did last year. Makai Muse could be phenomenal. Hey, but you if you don't put the ball on the ground, today. you yeah. know. So I'm saying there, there's areas of improvement. Uh, and again, when you look out there and you see the new guys, you see Jordan Hall and Gabe Harris and uh, Darius Smith playing a heck of a game. I, uh, Foster was talking earlier about Christian Miller, uh, Warren Brinson, the guy that uh, Lou was talking about that we hardly ever talk about. Again, uh, I, I bring it up each week, and I'm gonna bring it. It's good luck to talk about how we we didn't think as much about Warren Brinson, but Trey Scott's like, man, so glad we kept him from going to the NFL. Not they didn't force him to; they just knew that he could. Uh, I thought the first couple series, uh, Warren Brinson was everywhere. Uh, as those guys get better and better, and your secondary firms up when you get Javon Bullard back, uh, you got uh, they finally settled. I think on a corner. Um, they did you see Julian Humphrey playing at uh, safety? I, I didn't catch that, but yeah. I saw uh, I didn't. Aguirre out there. Agu yeah. Aguero. Agu How do you so say that? You've got a ton of talent out there that just haven't – they're just – they don't have the experience, but they're getting more and more. So 
this team is – and what does Kirby say? we got to get a little bit better each week. And we all roll our eyes because that's coach talk. Kirby legitimately means that stuff. Hey, but guess what? It's like we want Auburn to win. No, we're just telling you, KC. It's going to – you're finally away from home. It's going to be a little tougher. That's all. We're just prepping you for it. So when the, you're looking at it in the second quarter, just, you know, know that we told you. We've been punched in the mouth and we responded well. Yes. Now I'm just curious to see what happens when we get punched in the mouth away from home. And it might not – and it might not, Jeremy, it might not be against Auburn. They might go right. out there against Auburn. But and I hope not. Yeah, of course. But there will be a game away from home, and whether it's at the Swamp – not at the Swamp, in Jacksonville, whether it's at Tennessee, there will be a game where you get punched in the mouth and you're away from the home, the home court. What happens? I feel so much better about this Georgia team after getting down to South Carolina at that half. And you, the, the video that came out – that was crazy. Uh, we, we can play it here if people want to watch yeah. it. If you missed it, we, we've got it in the queue here. Uh, Kirby saying, look, we're going to get six possessions. We're going to score on four of them. Uh, they're going to get a few possessions. We're only going to let them score one. They didn't. You basically just shut their asses out the second half. And you saw uh, Javon Bullard, who wasn't even playing, get up in front of his guys. I can remember, I mean, last year was kind of his first year starting, so he's a year two guy. Same with uh, Dumas Johnson, a year two guy, talking to his telling everybody to just do your job. The offense uh, came back and really scored. They were down. They've been tested. They came through it. You saw them developing with the players available. So the guys that are out are leading, you know. Um, again, I'm, I just have faith that this team, through the hiccups – in other words, if we didn't see those crazy – the potential they have – and I, you notice I brought up the uh, stats here – Look at the stats. Look at the – there's no deep play. There's no deep plays. Look at the longs. You know, you have a 41-yard play for Brock Bowers. You have a 50-yard play for Marcus Rosby Jack Saint, 33 yards for Dominic Lovett, 19 for uh, Oscar Delp, 21 for C.J. Smith. Those are big, uh, uh, big yeah. pass plays. So we're like, they're not explosives. They're not going downfield. And then you had two of them that were laid out down there that should have been big plays. So – you're, you're seeing that explosiveness. You're seeing the defense get, you know, can go three and out. You're seeing the, the special teams can do some pretty good stuff. So if you didn't see the potential there, I think you could be worried. But I'm not worried because I see the potential. Here's something, Jeremy, before you before you head out. We go over this every week. You, Jeremy. Passing plays for Georgia, big plays. They count them as a gain of 15 plus. 10 257 of your yards came from big plays, over 15 yards. 33 yard, 26, 19, 15, 18, 19, 41, 50, 21, and 15. Crazy. You only had four big plays of rushing, which they count gain of 10 plus. 10, 16, 18, and 16. So a completely flip from last week. 10 plays of 257 yards being big plays is, uh, I want to say the most this year. Absolute crazy numbers. And, and, and to be fair, though, UAB's got awfuls in the secondary. They're not great. They're not great, Roddy. They're not great. Well, hey, and I'm, I'll say I'm proud of that backfield. Uh, I mean, you're playing Edwards is back. Obviously, he's your best back. Uh, he's your best home run threat. I really, you know, I don't, y'all know, but I mean, I don't know if he's still entirely fully healthy. You've got a walk-on, a redshirt freshman, and a wide receiver that's going back there along with him. So, I mean, considering 
what they got to work with. It's almost like Johnny Holstaff, you know, for 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 a baseball team. I mean, they're and they're, they're making it work. Yeah. And hell, you you they didn't even want Dejon until they missed out on Tank on on signing day. They, you know, late, late in the season. So, you know, it worked out pretty well for them, I'd say. Uh, yeah, just yeah. More, I'll I'll go ahead and hop up here, guys. But one you quick stat, something I was just uh, <laughs> uh, well, something I was just thinking of, just interesting stat, and it's really more woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I was just thinking back. Uh, my wife is pointing out the winning streak after the game. I was like, yeah, and it just got me thinking. You know, if if Georgia could have handled business back in that 2021 SEC championship game, that winning streak would be sitting at 38 tonight. Because they won their last four of the twenty twenty season, really? but I, I, I say that all that to say just again, I've and I've harped on it before. This this incredible run they've been on. I mean, they've won so thirty eight of their last thirty nine, or yeah, thirty eight of I guess their last thirty nine games. Or if that's, I I may not be saying crazy. that right, but they would potentially be on a thirty eight game winning streak. Yeah, I mean, we we're complaining about a team scoring forty nine points. And with good reason, because, you know, you're always worried about where where's the, uh, you know, this team's not as good as they were last year. So it's fair to be critical of them. And, uh, but, you know, beating South Carolina, we're like, oh, we didn't beat them by enough. You know, uh, I'm with you there. But to your point, and, I, you know, we, it's funny that Dave McMahon, who does our stats for us, he uh, was it two weeks ago. He had the stat about, you know, through the first 98 games, how Kirby compared to Saban. And then the following week, that's exactly what was on CBS Sports. Well, they've worked for CBS Sports. They, they, they did that, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny to go see it up there. And I'm like, the readers at UGA Sports knew this crap a week ago because Dave works here. Then he goes and works for CBS. And uh, they put it on the screen. Everybody made a big deal about it. And Dave wrote up uh, you know, last week that, hey, this would be uh, Kirby Smart's you know, uh, 100th game. And here's where he ranks against, against everybody else. And uh, – Everyone's making a big deal out of Kirby winning 100 games, and he's 85 and 15, a higher win percentage than Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, you know, all these other Bear Bryant, all these other legends. The best uh, record through the first 100 games of his career of anybody in the SEC. You're to, you're talking about that streak that we're on now. Again, we're all looking for you know where's the slip up going to be that cost them that thing, but. Again, I think we can all sit back and appreciate or just enjoy. And I'm, I'm drinking a uh, fiddler and uh, smoking a cigar. I'm enjoying this, absolutely enjoying it because, I mean, Jeremy, how long have you been following Georgia football? Since I became a fan, as a little, uh, I don't think I told you this. So I'm originally from Tennessee, started out a Tennessee fan, but became a Bulldog fan when I was like six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Uh, so, but I didn't really start years. following the team. <laughs> so I didn't start following the team till the '99 season. So that's been 24, 25 years ago. So yeah. right there, you know, right there when Coach Donovan was still the coach. So you've seen some crap. You've seen the the uh, fumbles that weren't fumbles, the timeout that was. Well, no, you weren't. You didn't see that '93 game then. You didn't play that. Well, I tell you this, like, so for the longest time, I would always get so frustrated with the cocktail party. Uh, there would always seem to be when Georgia was playing Florida, there would always be like this strip sack fumble recovery that Florida would recover on Georgia's side of the field, and they'd either run it in or they'd recover it and like throw a touchdown in the net. Or the hell, now, the first now drive. Now we're seeing Georgia six six going now the other we're way. Georgia do that to Florida. 
Yeah. We're, we've seen Georgia do that to Florida on two or three occasions. I mean, you think back to two years ago when, you know, they had that 21-point explosion. Like, that was the stuff that just frustrated in, in the mess out of me. Yeah. And then just and, the next thing you know, I mean, the game's got away from you. Uh, well, now, now we're the ones returning the favor. Yeah, I mean, you suffered through the Fatone bout again. Yeah. You, you suffered through uh, Schottenheimer. You suffered through uh, you suffered through that 2013 recruiting class. Oof. You suffered through the prayer of Jordan Hare. You know, you suffered through the uh, Tennessee Josh Dobbs winging one down the end there, and you know, winning on that. You've you you've suffered. We've been through that. We've had our hearts broken, if you will. You've had you know you've been kicked in the face. Now you're doing it to other teams, and we. We get on top, and it's like, well, well, who's going to dethrone us? We're not as good as we used to be. Well, dude, just look around. You know, you're on top of the mountain. Get out your phone. Do the little panoramic thing real slow so you can reserve, preserve it. Because here's the thing. Even if this year weren't the year, did you see what's out there? Did you see what George was putting in the second third strings? That's a hell of a oh. lot better than a, a bunch of other teams have. And did you see your recruiting class that you have right now? And the recruiting class you got coming in after that, the 2025 class, you just picked up a one of the fantastic tight end commit. It's a different world right now. Have a little faith. Let them get healthy and then see what you get. Crazy. Long-time Georgia fan. Oh, yeah. Hey, you went through the Joe Cox era. You went through the Hudson Mason era. And they get, they're good quarterbacks. You know? Thinking about those make me want to turn the bottle nonstop. <laughs> hey, here's, here's something, though, guys, uh, we haven't talked about. Is there any cause for concern? That Zeno kid was uh, moving the ball. So he, he had 32 completions for 250 yards. He so makes I, me scared to death to play USC. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Like what? What could Caleb Williams do right now? Like again, right now, <laughs> I would not want to play USC right now. The way he was able to run around. Yeah, it, I, I'm not. Know? I'm not as concerned. Now, I, I said the first thing I talked about when we started the watch along show was Zeno's a good quarterback, and you faced a great quarterback last week. I know everyone's going to Spencer Redler. Well, Spencer's pretty damn good. Let's call you know if you don't have if you don't have newfound respect for Spencer, then I can't help you. But remember who they have over there at UAB. They have Eddie Gordon. This guy was a coach at Georgia for a long time. He knows he's an offensive line coach. He knows what Georgia's tendencies are. He knows what Georgia's calls are. He knows what Georgia's going to do. Uh, you have a fantastic offensive coordinator over there, okay, who's uh, studied Alabama for many years. Uh, Mortensen was – I mean, the first thing Kirby talked about was how good their offensive coordinator is and who he studied under. They came in with a good plan, and you had a quarterback who could get it done. Now they – they didn't score a ton of points, but they, they they gouged a few times. And, again, turnovers helped. You give them the ball in, what, in your red zone on a uh, fumble f uh, drop, you know, and then uh, they score once at the end of the half. Um, that was on you. And then they scored, what, on your third team? I believe it was. Yeah. So, again, you haven't given up a ton of points. Well, how, how many points has the first team given up? They give up uh, – 14 to South Carolina and 14 to this team. And again, one of them was a short field. But, uh, and again, that's yeah. without Javon Bullard and this week without Javon Bullard and uh, Mikhail Williams. Get those guys back. And if you're facing a uh, Jaden Daniels or a, uh, you know, a Caleb Williams, it's going to be tougher. But I like that. I mean, 
Give it me Michael Williams on the edge and uh, Javon Bullard back there. I'm not as worried about it, especially if other teams don't have uh, offensive coordinators and uh, coaches that know your system inside and out. Caleb Williams doesn't worry you. No? Not as much if those guys are back. Which they would be by that time, right? They're, That's my point. Now, yeah. if you don't have those guys, uh, dude, you know me. I'm scared to death of running quarterbacks. Terrified yeah. of them. Almost as – I mean, just like – because you can't, you can't, you can't plan for the improvisation. Improvisation. That was that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so dangerous. Hey, uh, Zeno had one today where he turned the hand the ball off this way. There's nothing there, and he the busted play. And he ran, scrambled for a first down, kept that uh, drive alive through just sheer dumb luck improvisation. Speaking of Spencer, uh, his stat line today: eighteen of 20, 90 percent completion uh, percentage, two hundred eighty-eight yards and three touchdowns. It's pretty, pretty good. Against who? Mississippi State? Mississippi State. Yeah, they won 37 to 30. Let me ask you this, Roddy, just real quick, side note, because uh, I know you were uh, just loving the Colorado coverage. Were you uh, enjoying uh, Coach Lanning getting the prime bison cuts this afternoon? Now, here's the thing. I love Coach Lanning. You know, again, we, we weren't close. I interviewed him a couple of times. I, I don't have him on speed dial or anything like that. But I, 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 in talking to people around the program, they're like, Dan Lanning's a superstar and his football knowledge is phenomenal. And the way he blew up in Memphis, you know, and the fact that everybody wanted him, he came to Georgia, learned from the best, learned some techniques, super smart guy. The first thing he does when he gets to uh, Oregon is to hire a Marshall Maltel, one of the best talent evaluators in college football. Uh, he's got that uh, uh, system out there humming. He's going to be, he's going to win championships. There's no question about it. I think, it's going to come down to he or uh, uh, Deion Sanders as the next coach at Alabama. One of those two guys is going to be it. They are the two hottest coaches. And I put out a tweet that the battle between these two guys in the future is going to be crazy. And everybody's like, well, they're not in the same conference. I'm like, well, they're not going to be at the same schools, folks. All right. And they're going to move other places. You're going to see those guys butt heads throughout college football, unless one of them goes pro. But, again, I'm not uh, against Deion Sanders. I, I love what he's done for that program. I love I loved the Cinderella story. I'm a little tired of the uh, just gaga blanket coverage uh, about Colorado, um, especially when Colorado State should have beaten them, absolutely should have. Um, but I'm a big Dan Landing fan. Uh, he was very good to me when he was here, uh, answered my questions really well, was uh, very approachable. So I liked him. I've never had any dealings with Dion, but I think the world of Dion Sanders, I think he's a phenomenal coach, and uh, I, I like his mindset. Uh, some people don't like the whole the, the promotion, but I'm like, hey, you get what you get in this world. We promote the hell out of UGA sports, so that'd be it'd be most hypocritical of me to go. This guy's self promoted. We promote every damn thing at UGA sports, trying to trying to grow our brand, trying to reach more people. So, but again, I thought it would be a buzzsaw when he got to Oregon. I didn't expect that ass kicking though. Just yeah, an they let up. They let up on that the gas looked, too late. Looked, that looked about like what Georgia gave uh, Oregon last year. But then again, yeah, yeah Georgia had the, the edge of knowing what exactly what Oregon was going to do. So again, everyone points out to to Oregon last year, going this. You know, this is look at this Georgia team that just beat the brakes off Oregon. I'm like, yeah, because you knew exactly what they were going to do. Kind of the same with UAB facing Eddie Gordon. He's like, here's here's how their defense works. I can tell you exactly how their defense works. I saw it every day for three, what, three, four years. I recruited all these players on the offensive line. This is how we can attack them. I can tell you everything that these – I can tell you the how to go after Cedric Van Pran. I can tell you how to beat Tate Ratledge. I can tell you, well, you know, 
what uh, Xavier Truss's uh, weaknesses are. Here's how we're going to attack them. Georgia knew everything about Dan Lanning, killed him. So, but again, I love Dan Lanning from a, uh, I think that guy has a huge future. And I think what Deion Sanders has done for those kids at Colorado is one of the best stories in college football. We could hear a little bit less of it, you know, because I'd like to hear about some of the other teams in college football. Uh, but again, I'm big Deion Sanders fan, big Dan Lanning fan. And I think those two at different schools are going to face each other. And I, I've, it's going to be completely different when they have all their players. Yeah. yeah uh, Jenna Smith, we may see landing in a natty. Absolutely. He's going to win some national championships. I may not see- be in Oregon, but it might be at Alabama. I could see Dan Lanning being like a hell of an NFL coach. Like a, God, yeah. like a just big time NFL head coach. He seems like he's, got that demeanor, seems like he's got that demeanor that yeah. an NFL coach has. Yeah. He's got yeah. that like no BS, but I can connect with these guys type attitude. And I mean, he's, he's really good. Yeah. And so uh, somebody's going to come hire away Glenn Schumann. And uh, then you're going to see Will Muschamp and Chadira Uza Deribe because he's going to be an off- uh, defensive coordinator somewhere. He's going to be a superstar. Uh, and I think Todd Hartley. Todd Hartley's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. He's, hang on to him while you can. He and Del McGee. Uh, you've got a great coaching staff at Georgia who are doing wonders with limited uh, – I'll say limited. you still got better players than most teams out there. But you don't have the superstars that win you games. So. Don't don't wish that bad juju on on Dan Lanning Foster Foster Lane to the Cardinals <laughs> Arizona Cardinals don't do that no we like we like Dan too much to send him out there to Arizona Uh that would be oof, that'd be rough I just Fun. saw USC right now they just scored again oh dang okay I was gonna say it was twenty four twenty one it's now thirty one twenty one against Arizona State in the third so they they probably are gonna pull away but it was close for a second there. So I, I tell you, I've got this Washington game on here right now, and I tell you, they, they're quite. I know they really haven't beaten anybody yet, but they're quietly impressing me. I mean, they've got a Heisman candidate at quarterback. Uh, so that's another team out there that can challenge Landing and the USC. But a coach, I mean, coach has Washington that, in the Final Four. What did you say? Oh, really? Coach, Coach Donna's like Washington because I said the coaches. Oh. I mean, there's no real good teams out there. He's like Washington. And didn't miss a beat. The the Pac-12 though is going to kind of cannibalize themselves. Well, he, he, of, he didn't say Washington or USC. So there's a lot of top. When, when do those two teams up? play? Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know. That's going to be a hell of a game. You've got USC and Colorado next week. Let's see. USC plays Wash. Ooh, damn. Ooh, USC schedule. So they've got to go to Colorado, which I think will be pretty easy. Then yeah. Arizona. So they're winning that. No, they finish with Notre Dame, Utah. Cal, Cal, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. They finished with one, two, three, four teams in the top 12. I love the fact that USC finally has a tougher schedule than Georgia for the first time in forever. That's that is crazy. I don't Um, I don't think they're getting through that unscathed. No, I don't. I don't think who does any, Washington don't think, have though. Who, who does Washington face? I don't think anybody's getting through that unscathed. Washington, Notre Dame, Washington's got left uh, Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, Stanford, and then they finish with USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State, all ranked teams. There's a ton of ranked teams in the Pac-12 right now. Uh, again, they're going to kind of cannibalize themselves, I think. But yeah, that USC schedule, good God. Um, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't want to be a Trojan right now. Yeah, what is the deal with Lovett dropping balls? 
I, yeah, that was he's he. Mm. Again, there you go. That that that's not Beck's fault. Beck can't control Levitt dropping a pass. Yeah, it's to- Mike Bobo's fault. Come on, Roddy. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go retro, Roddy. Mark Ricks lost control of that team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no, that, that's Tony Ball's fault. <laughs> that. Damn you, James Coley. Let's see. Does it have it? I don't think it's going to show his stats. Yeah, it's not going to show his stats on how many drops he has throughout the season. He had two tonight. I guarantee you. I know he had two tonight. They're not. Yeah, it doesn't show on on Georgia dogs. But then he made it up with a pretty good play too. So. I think he's. I think he's had six or seven. Um, he let me ask you this last year. Uh, do y'all think? Uh, I guess this, as uh, are other teams just really respecting Lasseter that much? My man, because I mean, my poor man Everett is getting picked on a lot these last couple of weeks. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm actually surprised, Roddy. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy. I'm surprised that they've stuck with Everett. They've got a lot of good corners uh, that yeah, were kind of fighting for that. I called Dalen Everett as the starting quarterback sure. opposite him two years ago. Sure, but they've got a lot of good guys over there that are, were yeah. fighting him for that second corner spot, and none of them have really gotten a look with the first team. No, are but they, they got a look. Hey, he didn't get the starting job till last week. Everett Everett's been starting yeah. the whole season. But they the first two games they had rotating guys over there. It wasn't it wasn't that much of a rotation. He played a good bit. We um, saw Julian Humphrey in there. Yeah, like the time. first game. Yeah. Yeah. But we and, haven't uh, seen we haven't seen Humphreys really since. Uh AJ Harris, we've seen in kind of mop up time. But AJ is a brand new cat. He's gonna be the one of the best. And then he's brand new. We talked about Nylon Green. We haven't Nylon seen Green. him out there much. I you know, I, I like Everett. Nylon's good, but he's here's the thing. Why are they picking on him? Is that he's not good and there's other guys better than him? Or the fact that you know you got Kamari freaking Lassiter on the other side, the guy who played all last year opposite Keely Ringo, who actually I probably might have graded out better than Keely Ringo in a lot of those plays. He did. Kamari is a shutdown guy. He's great against the run. He makes huge plays. They threw against him a couple times. Well, I don't think he gave up. I think they went nine times. To his side last week, he gave up three, or maybe it's nine times all year. He's given up three completions. If you are an uh, offensive coordinator, you're like, hey, we can throw against Kamari Lasser, or it, we can pick on Dalen Everett. It reminded well, me of 2018. Uh, it reminded me of 2018 when Tyson Campbell was getting picked on because they went and threw at DeAndre Baker. Yeah. Oh, DeAndre yeah. was one of the best, and they went after him. And then what happened? And Tyson's still in the league playing for Jaguars? He well, started. I, yeah, it was like what a he was either he was either late first round or early second round pick. Yeah, he was yeah. the first pick in the second round, and I mean DeAndre would potentially still be in the league now if he didn't do what he did. But yeah, but Tyson Tyson ended up being much better. Yes, but that's the thing. So you they went after him, and what we saw what South Carolina did was they figured out who they knew that Javon Buller was out, so they went trips, and they would see if Georgia was going to go man to man or they're going to go zone. How are they going to cover it? Whoever was going to, whoever the safety was going to cover, that's who they went after. So they went after uh, Malachi Starks, not Malachi. They went after uh, uh, David Daniel. They went after Dan Evan, uh, Dan Jackson. They went after the the safeties because they're like, well, uh, let, let's let's attack their safeties. They're just thrown into the fire. So you base it on who's the most likely guy. It's not they're going. They're not going after Dale Everett because he's not as talented or he's not as good. It's just he's newer. And you know what the other guy can do, so attack this guy. 
Uh, that back shoulder throw against uh, Dalen Everett, how could there's no way to defend that? Right, right. Did, I've got and, a, and what did Kirby? Did you see Kirby chew him out? No. They're like that's so, just the perfectly thrown ball, perfect route, back shoulder. I mean, how many times did Jake Fromm score touchdowns on that? A lot. A lot. With Javon Wims, a ton. Yeah, I mean, Jake Fromm's like, here's my bread and butter. I'm gonna throw a back shoulder to you because you can't defend it. And if you do, and now here's the thing. Georgia and coach said this, you know, uh, he mentioned that Georgia should be able to attack some of these guys, you know, place Georgia should be able to place some of these balls in the air. And that has been like the frustrating thing for the last three, four years, even with all these good safeties and receivers, Georgia constantly gets pass interference or holding penalties and they don't get as many interceptions because they don't play the ball in the air as much. And it's just, that's across the board, man. It's just, they can be so much better with the balls in the air. I've got some stats for you here to kind of give you an idea, Jeremy. Uh, but f- not including tonight's game, so these are the three games prior. Uh, Everett's been targeted 13 times, giving up seven receptions for 60 yards. Uh, Tyke has been targeted four times, giving up six receptions, but only giving up 19 yards. Uh, wait, and wait, wait, go back. So, so Everett been targeted. No, Tyke. Tyke 14 times, giving up. Oh, six 14. Receptions. I thought you said four. I'm like no. No, 14, four times and six receptions. Been That's targeted 14 crazy. times, six receptions, only 19 yards. Uh, Kamari, nine targets, three receptions for 37 yards. And then last week, uh, with Daniel David Daniel playing last week, six targets, four yards for four receptions for 80 yards. So, it stat wise, uh, Everett has been picked on the most, I guess, in terms of giving up receptions, but uh, he hasn't let that really affect him in terms of yards. So again, that's it. When you go back to that class, I said that was the best thing or one of the best things they did was to pull him away from Clemson last second. He's going to be another, which was so out of left field. Uh, So was George Pickens last second. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm with it. Well, guys, I think I'm actually going to hit the sack, man. Well, I I say that I've got a, Got a, probably got a baby that's probably gonna be waking up here in the next hour or so. But uh, I just heard mine I'm gonna get off here. Years, so <laughs> go, go, go wake him up. Tell him, hey, we're talking Georgia football. Get on, get on the show. Yeah, yeah. Get on the get on the show with us. But <laughs> all right, guys, man. Appreciate I appreciate it, it. Yeah, man. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, man. Uh, forty nine twenty one, Roddy. We got some uh, helmet stickers to give out, sir. Helmet stickers. Yeah. Um, I know who I'm going. All right, give me one. Offense, Carson Beck. We haven't given him a helmet. Look, look, we haven't given Carson a helmet sticker all year. We have not. Four touchdowns tonight for uh, the quarterback, three through the air. Should have had more than 337 yards. Probably should have had close to 400. uh, And then had the rushing touchdown. Yeah. Looked, looked light years ahead of what he looked like in week one. I mean, it looked like a different guy out there. So helmet sticker to Mr. Beck on the uh, offensive side of the ball. First one of the year on the, on the POS. Now, do we have a standing uh, Brock Bowers helmet sticker? We have. So, so we were making these I mean, rules a couple weeks ago. He didn't really do a lot. Right. So we, I think what we've done is uh, with Malachi Starks, you have to have three games before you get the standing helmet sticker. So this would be Brock's second game. So you can still give him one before he is out of the running for a helmet sticker. All right. So he was targeted nine times. Yep. He had nine catches. He did. 
121 yards. He did. Two touchdowns. That's right. None of that's impressive. I don't care. I don't care. Don't give a damn. I know what you're about to say. He had 110 yards yep. after the catch. That's ridiculous. <laughs> God damn. That is, that is crazy. <laughs> crazy. And he threw a man away. He tossed away a human being. We don't have a. We have disposable everything. I got disposable cups, disposable glasses, disposable uh, plates, disposable uh, TVs. You know, you, something electronics break, you throw it out, go get a new one. He threw away a live human being on national <laughs> television. He should be arrested. He yeah. threw this kid into the the over into the dog pound or the uh, the, the spike the spike squad. Right. He threw a man away. It's embarrassing. Right. That so kid he, has parents. He might he might want to be a father someday. Hey, Dad, <laughs> can I watch video clips of you playing football? Hell no, no. I don't Hell want anybody. No. I don't. I don't want you to see me be, get tossed out like garbage. Right. He threw away like my, the butt of my cigar. He just chucked him out of the sideline. It's just embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, Brock Bowers. Uh, part of that is because I called one play. I'm like, throw it to Brock here, and they did. They scored a touchdown and made me look like a filing. Yo, when, when he Brock, scored the first the first touchdown. When he made those two guys run into each other at like the 15 yard line and they were both on the ground and he just scooted to the left pie him. Yeah. God. Um, I hope, I hope this is the start to what because Brock is a as a unicorn, right? We're we're only gonna see him for nine more regular season games, or no, hell, eight. 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 And then whatever you get after is 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 extra. Yep. We're only gonna see him in eight more games, guaranteed for Georgia you know, God forbid an injury. Uh, I hope this is what we see the rest of the year because he is, he is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and, and I don't know if there'll be another one like him to come through in a long right. time. True. All right. Two more offensive uh, stickers to give away. I got to give one to my man, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint. Oh, Oh, three catches, 94 uh-huh. yards. He did. That that's again uh, forty eight yards after the catch. He had a fifty yarder. Uh, Mark, it seemed like every time they went to him, and th- they went to him five times, but he had three catches, uh, ninety four. He almost had a hundred yard uh, game on three catches. So Marcus Roseme Jack Saint liked. I like that. You know, I kind of want to give one to Savon Clark because I've been in here before. Everybody got all excited about Cash Jones. I was saying. Savon Clark looks like an SEC tailback. And I'm with Historian, you know, who came on earlier and did so much, you know. I'm like, Savon Clark can play. You know, he, he's, he's, he could go somewhere else and get a lot more snaps. But uh, I'm glad to see him. But I'm not going to give him one because it was against, like, the third string. So Right, right, right. I was happy he got a touchdown. That kid deserves it. He's a second-leading rusher on the team. He had 32 yards. He's, you know, been out there as a walk-on, getting pounded by that defense, you know taking hits, especially when they're, they're so thin. Guys worked his ass off. Glad to see him out there. But I'm going to give one to Mike Bobo simply because, and again, it's not me defending Bobo, but the question was, why is this team not explosive? Why are you not getting the ball down the field? You gave one to Carson Beck, who was tossing it down there. And again, should have had 450 yards of people could catch passes that hit him in the hands. Uh, but going down that list, how many over 15-yard plays did they have? Uh, Ten. And 257 yards of those play there were the ones that were dropped. They were schemed open. Nobody around them. Brilliant plays. Good play calling. 
we can we rip him for the plays that you know. Like, why are you running up the middle into a stacked box? You know, damn it, Bobo, stop doing that. But when you put up 550 some odd yards of offense, um, and Kirby's like, we next his number one takeaway last week was we have to score in the red zone and we got to stop them from scoring in the red zone. Well, you didn't stop them from scoring in the red zone, but when you were in the red zone, you went six of six for touchdowns. And Hey, how do you fix your uh, kicker issues? You don't, don't kick field goals. <laughs> yeah. was, I mean, I'm getting, I'm using Kirby's <laughs> own words. He said, well, you know, yeah, we're going to have an open kicking competition, but you know what we could do is we could actually score touchdowns. And we won't need to kick field goals. And that, that solved the problem. Exactly what they did. Yeah. Hey, some of those some of those kicks were a little uh little And even the PATs, I said it reminded me of the sprinkler you used to put in the yard And that's it's like each field goal started down the middle, then it started going to the left. And I think if they scored a couple more touchdowns, he'd have missed one because it was just it just kept going to the left. and again, I don't like to come across as a Mike Bobo defender. I don't like to defender. You 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 are full blown defender at this point. You can you can I, try I, not to be what you are. You are. But I'm just saying it's uh, you get you got to give them credit when when they yeah. do good. You know, you the people that want to uh, crap on Carson Beck, you got to give them credit tonight. Yeah. Now next week, if you know Georgia scores 17 points and they lose or something like that, then hey, fire Mike Bobo, fire Carson Beck. I got it. But when they when they're right, they're right. You know, so. It's, it's just like a quarterback. When when you have a quarterback battle and you're like, uh, I, this is my guy, you know, he's not played as much. It'd be a lot better if he played my guy. Okay. But when the other guy does a good job, like, you know, when Stetson did a good job, you give him credit. Then when Stetson had his stupid plays, you chew him out, you know. So I give one to uh, give one to him. I'm a little surprised that Georgia uh, has not settled down in the uh, – Red zone defense because they were so good at that last year, but you know missing some players will do that. But that no, that's, that's my guys on offense. Defensive side of the ball, it's a little tough. That that's uh, harder. It's it is because nobody, I'm not saying nobody stood out. There they all. There, some people made plays, but they didn't make like consecutive plays. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sorry. Yeah, six tackles. So he tied. Had five solo tackles, so led the team. Didn't start. Uh, got a ton of reps. I'm, I'm curious to see on Trent's snap count. Oh yeah, how many plays uh, Sorry was in for because you know he, he he showed up today. It's five five solo tackles led the team. Six total tackles was felt like I was seeing him on TV a lot around the ball. So first helmet sticker for Xavier uh, Sorry. Congratulations, young fella. Hopefully many more to come for you. That's that's my one guy on defense. You, you picked three on offense. We've only been picking one, so you try. You kind of cheated. Did, a little did, bit. What? Do we have to pay for these? <laughs> you think we can't afford them? <laughs> well, the budget says we only get one. I got three from defense. Screw you, man. <laughs> I, we're, we're, we're going uh, Warren Brinson right off the bat. He was everywhere in the first quarter. Warren freaking Benson helmet sticker. Slap it yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, we're going Tyke Smith. Uh, in, another interception. Great. Yo, that, that uh, I think that's Tyke's third helmet sticker. I think he's yeah. uh, I think he's got his uh, golden sticker. Three for Tyke. Yeah, three for Tyke. Oh, which his name was Thor because he could get four. Yeah. Or Slive and he could have five. All right. All right. Yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> uh, and let me give one more. Uh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? 
Damn it. I had another so guy. good you forgot. You just you just had to get three. No, I had I had three in mind, but I was I was too busy making rhymes and I forgot them. Uh, you just did it again. You, you just oh CJ Allen. Yes. CJ Allen, freshman ever. Now get me wrong, Small Mondin absolutely deserves one. Uh, but even Smile would be like, oh, this wasn't my best game. Uh, but CJ Allen getting out there as a true freshman, having three tackles and showing up everywhere, showing up in coverage as well. Again, if you want to if you can get on the field with Smile Munden and uh, Dumas Johnson, two two uh, all SEC caliber inside linebackers. If you can get on the field with those guys, not you're not taking reps from them, but they're able to sub you in and take those guys out to give them a blow, give them a, a breather, give them a rest. And at the same time, you have three or four other inside linebackers who are ahead of you on the depth chart, or who were ahead of you on the depth chart. And you can go out there and call the defense as a true freshman. That is not only talented, but that's smart. And what does Kirby love in his middle linebackers? Smart and talented. So, and I think Kirby even didn't Kirby even praise him? Oh yeah, week one he's like, yeah. Y'all realize he's a freshman and calling our defense? Yeah, calling our defense. Yeah, I remember him. So here's the thing: I thought he'd go out there, but he wouldn't be the one calling it. Right. That's it. That's like super impressive. That's that's not so. That's my three, and I would give one on special teams, but yeah, special teams kind of suck. Yeah, uh, I mean, we could. I'm sure we could give one to Thorson. Had two good punts. He had a 51 yarder. Not what bad. What was his average though? Uh, 47. So the other one was 44. Yeah, not terrible. And that's not going to get you a helmet sticker. Ah, no helmet stickers for special teams today. No. Better luck and next you know time. I'm a helmet sticker guy for special teams. I love special teams. Shit, you're just a helmet sticker guy in general. You've given out six tonight. We've given out. You've given well, out hey, six we, first three games. We we don't. Uh, we're, we're not limited. I mean, you've literally doubled our helmet sticker budget in in one show, dude. We also increased the budget of our microphones. So <laughs> they they came when we bought all those mics for the uh, post game show. I mean, for the watch along show and the uh, show with Russ Tanner. We uh, it came with free helmet stickers. You know, <laughs> just hey, you well, buy a Yeti cooler, you get a free you get a free Yeti sticker. We bought those mics and they came with helmet stickers in the back. Well, we we now have three golden. Uh, no, we have two. We have two golden helmet stickers now. Tyke and Malachi Starks and Brock has two. He needs one more. So hey, and we got Brandon in the in the group there. Yeah, you gonna bring Brandon. him on if he wants to fight too? Yeah, you want to fight, Brandon? <laughs> no, I don't want to fight. Uh, <laughs> some of the things you guys say. Uh, Man, uh, look, guys, I was born in Athens. I know this fan base well. I knew they would be complaining about Mike Bobo, like when the offense wasn't perfect. But, you know, my question is, is that let's just say ideally (laughs) Mike Bobo ends up being that coordinator that we need and he gets us titles and such. Is he going to go anywhere? I don't think so. Like after his like couple of head coach stints and stuff, you know, we can have that continuity at offensive coordinator, which is hard to have that, like, at a big-time program, of course. Like, don't you think that's possible? Assuming he's doing Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think he leaves again, Roddy? Yes. <laughs> really? Dude. Really? Okay, well, how much is he making? I don't know. One, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3, something like that, probably. What, what's, mm. the going, what's the going price for a head coach? I don't know if he wants to do that again, Roddy. Oh, what, he doesn't, he doesn't quadruple or quintuple his salary? Yeah, he's yeah. Making, yeah. Bump his pay like they did Monken? He, he's making $1 million right now a year. Okay. So let's say he gets a job anywhere in the uh, uh, Power Five. What's he making? Probably two or three. No, come on, man. 
three to five, three to five, five, five to seven. And it's the going price for a head coach now. And so here's the thing. He went to Colorado state. That's not exactly a hotbed of, uh, you know, great football talent. Give him a different system or a different place, you know, with what he's learned. Why did he come work for Kirby? So well, get, buddies. So get, his, get his kind of life back on track, if you will, for no. lack of better words. Dude, he, I mean, he's 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 incredibly well-respected offensive coordinator. Uh, he's a former head coach. We asked him, why did you come back? He's like, I wanted to learn how Kirby's doing what he's doing. He was he had not been under the Saban tree. He had not been under the Kirby tree. He's like, how do you guys practice? How do you run your – do? how do you recruit? How do you do what you do? And he's come and he's learned and he's seen it. He could take that same information, you know, go coach another team, you know, in the uh, uh, Big 30 or however many teams they're going to have, you know, somewhere else. Hell, maybe in the SEC. And he's like, look, I know how to recruit. I know how to coach. I know how to get a defensive coordinator. I understand what you guys do. I understand uh, the whole system. I mean, it's not like he's not going to keep learning. So, and then all of a sudden, someone's going to pay him $5.5 million. He so he was making so just for reference back in 2019, uh, Brandon, he was making 1.8 at Colorado State. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I see where you're coming from, though. Maybe he wants to settle down and and be the OC, but then I also see where Roddy's coming from. Money talks. Uh, no, that, one, you want to be the guy. You, I mean, every, every coach thinks he could be the next, the I don't say the next uh, head coach, but the next guy up. If you're a position coach, you think you should be the coordinator. If you're a coordinator, you think you should be the head coach. Yeah, and he's been a head coach. He knows what it's like to be the guy. And, and he also got who, who doesn't want a second chance at it. He also got head coach paychecks, uh, even if it was at Colorado State. It's double what he got now. So, I, 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 the and the market's only gone up. Yeah, the market has quadrupled since 2019. I feel right. like that's my, that's my point. So, yeah, I could definitely see him doing that. You know, a good question though, because I, I could that also see where you're coming from with that. Like, this might be where he wants to settle down. His son's playing at Georgia now. Maybe he wants to stay here for three or four years. Hell, even three or four years in like coordinator terms is almost a damn eternity. Like we had Monk in here for what, two, three? Three. Yeah. Three. I mean, if, if like he was in Athens for 30 years, you mm-hmm. know, so you get bubble for three or four. Hell, it, that's it's like dog years. Yeah, do you they remember the first year? Yeah, what a journey it was in 2020 with the quarterback <laughs> position, man. Yeah. <laughs> God no. damn, it, Monkey, you're terrible. You know, you, you can't bring that NFL bull crap yeah, to college. People should always take into account, like, I don't know all that much about football, but I know, like, if you have a first-year coordinator, there's going to be growing pains. Like, to what extent is the question? And, yeah. Well, yeah. How much, what is he averaging right now? At Baltimore? No, no. what is uh, Mike Bobo averaging in his first year? 41.5. Now, granted, again, not playing a great schedule, but it's not bad. No, he's keeping the train moving along. And, you know, I think Carson Beck, like, he's – like, when when he would come in and, like, and, and mop up duty last year, you know, it's like I like the stuff he was doing. And granted, it was mop up duty, you know, <laughs> pressure on him and he, and he was reacting and not thinking. And, you know, he, he came in, like, uh, the first game this year and uh, he was really nervous and it was really up and down and – I don't know. I thought he played just fine today. I mean, wasn't it uh, Jackson Meeks he overthrew and then the Arian Smith he overthrew? Is that what it was? Like, like I think Arian Smith kind of like – the announcer said that he gave up on the – Now, Arian got turned around. 
Yeah, because he's going one way, then he had to curl his body back. Coach Don, it was like, hey, that, you know, that's a tough catch. I'm like, yeah, but that's your one job, <laughs> you know, catch right. the ball. And then the Meeks one, you know, I'm like, okay, you could have got there. And it, it's the, the, he knew he overthrew. He knew he missed it. But at the same time, Meeks isn't exactly a speedster, but Meeks never goes for that. He's never the guy that does that. Again, brilliant to me, a brilliant call, because every time you see Meeks in there, when you scouted them, you know he's in there to block. Yeah, he's not the guy taking a uh, post route, you know, uh, down the middle of the field. That's just not his, you know, it's not his mo. So if you see the safety sees him kind of breaking deep, you're like, well, shit, not nine. Nine's not the one I'm worried about. I need to be focusing over here on eleven, you know. And eighty four is not out there, so I don't have to worry about him. And then all of a sudden, nine's behind you. He's never the guy that does that. That's why it's wide ass open. So that, I thought that was brilliant uh, uh, from a schematical standpoint, and you missed it. So, again, good call, but bad execution. Okay. Yeah. I also have another question. Um, it always seems to me like that the defense, uh, it always, like, brings it up, like, in the third quarter. Is that because they bring more pressure? I mean, some sometimes that's pressure. Sometimes it's um, uh, just the, the way their offense is kind of attacking you, you know. So a lot of it is uh, – last week, they again, they in the first half, they are playing their guys off. Then they bring them up and they tighten up a little bit because they were worried about 17, beating them deep. So they're giving this huge cushion, and mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler's just attacking them underneath and just getting – it's like, okay, if you're going to give us everything underneath, we're going to do that. And they're hitting underneath, underneath, underneath and picking up five, six yards after the catch. And all of a sudden it's like, man, you're, okay, well, we're going to have to take some chances here. They move up, and then all of a sudden they hit some of the deeper ones because Leggett, 17, is just gouging them. But it's kind of uh, in the third quarter, they're like, okay, we've seen how they're going to attack us in the first half. Let's adjust schematically. It's not always pressure because Kirby was asked about that. He's like, yeah, we, you can bring pressure, but sometimes these guys are very good at going right where, where the pressure comes from. That means there's possibly somebody open. So they go for a hot read. And they can gouge you. If you bring pressure, you you know your secondary is weakened sometimes. You know you don't have as many guys in coverage, so you can bring the pressure, but you also lose coverage. But a lot of times it's just you know the corrections they make schematically at halftime. That's uh, I mean look look how strong they were after the in the second half in each game because they like okay here's what we're going to do we're going to stay calm and these are the adjustments we're going to make. I think also Brandon uh, to piggyback off what Roddy was saying this team kind of prides itself on its conditioning. So, I mean, you listen to all those podcasts where the players lounge or, or whichever ones they do, they're always talking about like how summer workouts are like, dude, don't come to, and you, that was like throughout the, their videos this summer. It's like, don't come to Georgia if you don't want to work, you know, like they, they put in the work and third quarter, they're just more, more conditioned than these other teams are too. So it's a combination of halftime adjustments. Plus like they're ready to play all four quarters. Some of these teams, they don't yeah, have to hold, deeper. hold up with them. Yeah. They, so when you can rotate CJ Allen in and take pop out for two plays, they don't have a, a, a guy they can do that with on South Carolina. They've got to keep legging in there the whole game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Georgia could rotate a safety and if they need to, it's, yeah, it's so it's, you, you, you're out there. You, I thought, Oh, you know, we could have given one to Chaz Chandler. Chaz was everywhere. You pull out Chaz, you put in Darius Smith and he's right. like, you pull out Darius, Walker. 
Jay Jay Walker. Is awesome, man. Oh, and hey, here comes Gabe Harris. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the, the oh, Damon, Damon Wilson. Oh, Damon, that's another like five star. Oh, hey, Damon, did you play a whole three snaps? I know right. you're tired, buddy. Come on out. Hey, right. Wilson, go in there for him. So again, the other teams, it, it takes a couple hours, but now you're worn down. You know, yeah. if you've done a long workout, it's like, ah, you know, you, that kick slide that the left tackle does, you know, and he's kick sliding back. And all of a sudden you got a, a guy who has not played all game. Mm. And uh, Darius Smith get in there with those long arms and low hips and he ducks down, you know, that little uh, dip move they make gets, gets his uh, inside shoulder to your, around your outside. He's on the backside of you before you know it. Now you're yelling, watch out. Cause your quarterback's about to get killed. Um, that's just, you know, it, to, to your point, to Paul's point, sometimes just conditioning and new bodies. Mm. Yeah. The depths of luxury for sure. But it, we, we also, we still rotate on our starting offensive line kind of, don't we too, don't we? We did today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Micah Morris get out there. Um, he, he went in for Dylan Fairchild, who I thought Dylan had a good game. I like to see how he uh, grades out, but you're still rotating because, I mean. Fairchild on the right tackle spot? No. no it's Fairchild's a, left guard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Xavier Truss was uh, moved to right tackle. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw somewhere, I mean, uh, that when Mims left last week that they actually, like, kind of improved. Is that true? In, in the second half, they had yeah. they looked a whole lot better running on the right side between him and Tate Radledge, and they just – they ran Dejan behind them over and over and over again. It, it looked like they improved, but I think part of it was, okay, uh, we have not committed to the run. Let, let's try running over here and uh, – uh, they, they look, they look yeah. phenomenal running on that right side. Yeah, man, uh, it just I just love it because you know when you mentioned Dejan, like he's not a superstar, but he you know he's just a north and south kind of guy who just keeps it going, man. And like, man, I, I miss those like true like like okay like they they do good with the uh, by committee thing in the past couple of years, but yeah, I miss yeah. that one guy. And maybe Branson Robinson could have been that guy this year, especially like with all the injuries. But yeah, but. Shoot, I think I think I think by the end of the year, Dejon could be that guy. You know, like getting yeah. eighteen carries a game. He, he's he's never going to say no, right? He's never going to want to come out of the game. He's a Colca County kid. Like that's that's how he was raised. He's he's strong. He's ready to go. Yeah, yeah I think it was Kirby last year in a press conference. He said that uh, you know Dejon is from down in Colca County, where they think that your thirtieth carry is just as good as your first. Yeah. <laughs> He was asked him about this week, and he's like, you know, he's a, he's just a, a, a Georgia running back, you know, and not like University of Georgia. He's like a South Georgia running back. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I they play him. tough ball, you know. Uh, so was he a Colquitt County Packer? Yep. How many have you ever covered a game in Colquitt County? Have I? Yeah. Yeah. We, we we sent you there, right? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's knockdown drag out football, man. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. different. Like, who's, that, who's the tight end out of there that we got? Oh, uh, uh, J. Rome, wasn't it? No, no, no. He's oh. about, he, he was about Austin. Um, oh, oh, I can see him too. Right. Not in that car. I'm going wait, going further back than this. This is about like, 10, 12 years ago, maybe. Mm, I can see him. Did we send you down there to cover one of his games? Uh, yeah, but I can't remember who it was. Damn it. But point being, you know, even uh, Colquitt County, 
it's tough, you know. And we always talk about Peach County having some of the toughest kids, but you go down to Coffee County, you go down to now Lowndes just got the you got killed by Grayson, but I mean, uh, you go down to Valdosta, you go down to the King, go go cover game in Kingsland area, Brunswick. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I noticed. Uh, in, in the immediate area that I live in, there's starting to be like more recruits. I remember than when I was in high school, like 13 years ago, like, you know, Malachi Starks at Jefferson. Uh, and even, you know, Sammy Brown, he ended up at Clemson, but my nephew actually played. For now. One year. Yeah. I was going to say, he's not there yet, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for now. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. I would love it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and, you know, uh, oh, man. Uh, I'm not going to mention my high school exactly that I went to, but let's just say that they're like the Vanderbilt of public schools in Athens area. And people know what I'm talking about. Gunner so, you, so you went to Cedar Shoals. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Think about more East of that, more redneck, the first oh, County you run into. <laughs> oh, um, oh, who, who is it? Who is it? Name, named after the founder of Georgia. <laughs> Oglethorpe County. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've, uh, I've umpired some baseball games out there. That, that yeah, really, it's there. really, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they're doing okay for their standards this year, but whatever. Yeah, they're going to take on Prince Avenue and just get murdered. Oh god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, But I, it, oh, I remember uh, Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandergriff. They played that one high school game that they aired on ESPN when when uh, yeah when Gunnar was a South Carolina commit. I mean, that was interesting. Yep. If anybody wants to look that up, but um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys. I think that's what all I got for today. And all I got to say is like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things to complain about, but you know, just be happy where we are. I mean, what Kirby Smart highest percentage? What do they say? Hundred games in the SEC? And my God, guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not an old old buck, but I remember enough bad times and coming up short. And my God, I mean, but is it really going to be that crushing if we don't get three straight national titles? I mean, three straight national titles. I would love it. Would it be devastating? The only thing that would really well, I think his phone died. But what a teaser. Yeah, it was such a yeah. The only thing that's like yeah, the only thing that oh, and his phone died. Damn. Well, I mean it's damn, it's 140 in the morning. All right. You got anything else, boss? I say we go to four. Come on. To what? Four. When your kid wakes up. I just heard him downstairs. <laughs> but he's probably already back asleep. That was 30 minutes ago. Um no, <laughs> yeah, like a plump strawberry. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I want to know. He need, Brandon needs to just comment what he's going to say. We need more comments from plump strawberry. That, that's a handle, man. Plump strawberry was was kind of roasting us earlier, but he he, he or she said uh, it was a it was a good little lineup. Me, Dane, and Uncle Lou. That was a you don't see that every day. Okay, so I missed. Uh, when did Uncle Lou come on? I mean, I, I, when I came, when I came so on, no, I he was he was in the he was in the comments. And um, I, so I came on by myself because I was waiting on Jason. Slacker. And then he just didn't show up. And I was like, damn, I got to get the show started, right? Yeah. So I just come on by myself. And next thing you know, within three minutes, we got 200 people in here. I'm talking to myself and to the comments. And I see Uncle Lou. And I was like, dude, come join me. And then he did. About five minutes later, he, I guess he was on his phone. And then he went into his, his recording room. Uh, but the folks well, love I Lou. Yeah, Folks I appreciate I appreciate him doing that. Uh, yeah, that is a uh, a good dude to come on and do that because uh, he's got a good fan base and um, he, he gets them stirred up. But God, I thought him. I thought for sure like him and uh, the historian were about to throw hands. The historian came in here guns up. I, saw, I was there. I was watching. I was in the back back room here. And, and then he, he said he said you got the wrong comparison. 
for uh, Marcus Roseman Jack saying the right comparison is Michael Irvin. And I was like, holy shit. No, uh, I, what he compared him to Michael Bennett? What? No, so so Uncle Lou did. Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. The, yeah, and then the historian said, no, you got the wrong one, Michael Irvin. No, I like, mean, no, oh. Michael Bennett is appropriate, but here's the thing. Georgia threw to Michael Bennett a hell of a lot more than they do to Marcus Rosemary Jackson. <laughs> Miss Mary, she's always around. Said so that got heated. Yeah, it's, it did. It, it, they started yelling at each other, talking no, about. Hey, uh, I don't know. Lou didn't yell a whole lot. He sat there and just kind of grinned like, man. <laughs> I don't know. The, the historian says something about eat his, shit grin, just his godfather and and uh and lou was like i don't give a damn who your godfather was it was i gotta go back and watch it i was just sitting there dane sat back i sat back it was it was um it was great so we'll 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 hopefully have them back next week could you imagine having those guys on during a loss i mean i don't want to i don't want to loss but good god i like having them on after win again and i missed uh miss junior yeah, Junior Junior hadn't been on in a while. Yeah, he was on. Uh, we had him, and then I felt like we didn't get him on long enough because we had somebody else popping on. But uh, so if anybody knows Junior, put out the uh, um, put out the the bat signal, get him to come back. And uh, oh, Jerm- Jermaine said I went and got the historian from the Dog Nation chat and told him to come here. It was you, <laughs> Jermaine. It was you. Yeah, Jerm- Jermaine vouched for him. We got a we got a uh, we still Jermaine, got right here. Jermaine is a friend of the show and a friend of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Jermaine's one of my, one of my favorite people in this world. And he's, uh, he, he's a bad, he, uh, does a lot for the university of Georgia. A lot, a lot of said, students would not graduate without Jermaine. He said, Paul didn't know who Clarence, I had no idea. I had zero clue. Um, so Jermaine made the best POS show ever. Amari was with me. Amari commented on the video, uh, I think, minute one or minute two. And here we are two hours and 30 minutes in. Amari's part of the family. I mean, there's so many, right, um, that stick around with us. And so, so many that of you guys that watch that don't comment. Um, so hopefully that can change moving forward because we want to hear from all you guys. You guys stick around the whole show. And, and sometimes you don't want to comment, but, uh, you know, we, we want to see you. You know, we want to see who you are. So... I need to talk about the O-line, D-line, no real push this season. Howard, it's it's 2 a.m., Howard. But, hey, Howard's right. <laughs> now, I did write in my column that uh, we would see them collapse the pocket. We'd see some push from the interior defensive line this week, and there was. They uh, There was one play, and Coach kind of like, okay, he kind of laughed at me because it just looked to me like Georgia was breaking in waves collapsing the pockets like the defensive line hit then the uh, linebackers hit almost like uh here's the softening now here's the crack and it was just i was like man that's i love the design of that he's like the hell are you talking about okay so i I hate when i get side eye from coach but um yeah the offensive line and defensive line they they are not as dominant as they were last year you don't have jalen carter out there you don't have Devontae white you don't have jordan davis now you don't have bear you don't have Broderick Jones. You don't have Darnell Washington on the other side of the ball. So yeah, you know you don't. And today you didn't have a Marius Mem. So it's uh, you're not as good in the trenches as you were. Uh, what about Lawson Lucky? I think he could come back and, and try to help that block. That would help, but I mean, I don't know if he's a better blocker than Oscar Delp. I mean, Oscar, he could be. Uh, yeah. He's strong, but my point is, even if 
if he comes back, he's coming back off of a pretty nasty ankle sprain. He's had the surgery. How? And again, he's a true freshman. He's not played yeah. before. So yeah, I just uh, would like I'm, to. See, I think I think he could help. I think yeah. he could help. But I mean, it's, again, you're going to have some growing pains as he gets out yeah. there and plays uh, full speed snaps. Uh, hey, next week, oh, I see uh, Julie C's on here. Jenna Smith, we're going to force her to come on. Yeah, definitely. You know, and then and Jermaine says, Jermaine says, I'm going to borrow comments from other podcasts until Amari decides to call in. No, Jermaine, you haven't called in yet. You got to, you and Amari got to call in at the same time. How about that? Boom. Ooh, yeah. Tag team. Yeah, get both of you on here. Y'all set we'll have up. A, we'll, you and me will pile, uh, tag team, and they can be a tag team, and we can fight. Or you can host one, I'll host the other. Yeah. We'll have a tag team Texas uh, cage match. There we go. Yeah, so uh, overall, across the uh, SEC, we didn't really go across the SEC. Let's let's do that real fast just so uh, we can see because it was a long, long day. These games, these 730 games – when they're turned into four-hour games because of the damn commercials, really kind of suck. Yeah. Uh, LSU beat Arkansas, kind of in a thriller there, 34-31. Man, Alabama, I hate that for the fighting Pittmans. Yeah. You, you know, have- but, it, hey, if that gets Sam Pittman uh, maybe back in Athens as O-line coach, then, hey, all right, cool. Um, Alabama 24-10 to over Ole Miss. Thought Ole Miss was going to put up a little bit more of a fight there than they did. Uh, they – Alabama just started running the ball with Jason McKellen. Oh, you've got it pulled up. How, are you looking at my screen? Don't look at my tabs. Oh, my God. Um, no, no. I, dude, I'm not going to look at all your porn tabs. That's okay. <laughs> uh, no, Tennessee, 45-14 over the uh, Roadrunners, San Antonio. Florida only scoring 22 against Charlotte at home. That's that's interesting. Charlotte was 1-2 and two coming into this game. Damn, they scored 10 points in the first Six in the second. So they went to halftime 16-7 to seven against Charlotte, and then they only put up two field goals after that. Hey, good, good uh, halftime adjustments by Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, How did Mertz do? 259 yards, one touchdown. Mm. Let's see what he did. Let's see. Uh, let's look at the box score real quick. Twenty. Oh, damn. How did they lose? What? He went 20 of 23. That's fine. <laughs> what? Damn fine play in there. Oh, so they rushed 36 times for 136 yards, only 3.8 on the ground. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's so, uh, yeah, you, you could be sure you could be Florida. You're ranked 25th. You're a ranked team, but uh, you have a 15 point win over Charlotte. That's, but he went 20 of 23. Damn. Yeah. Star Wars dog says, Hey, y'all, what's up? What's up, man? Hey, Star Wars. Um, Texas A&M, 27-10 over Auburn. Hey, shout out Max Johnson, passing a uh, passing touchdown to his brother. Max is a great kid, great quarterback, and uh, they stick with him. Uh, he is so smart. Texas A&M could actually uh, get straight. You know, they're 1-0 in the SEC, and, uh, if, again, I uh, wish LSU had stuck with him. I, I understand him transferring away there, but get to Texas A&M. Play Max Johnson and if you want to win – Jimbo. Uh, Kentucky, 4-0, won their first game in conference against Vandy, 45-28. Looks like Leary threw two picks, though. So yeah, I think they were pick sixes, weren't they? I don't know. I didn't didn't catch this game. Let's see. Oh, no, you said Leary threw two. That's right. I yeah. was thinking um, I thought Vandy threw two pick sixes. 
Uh, so there's one. I see one. Yeah, they did. Damn. To the same guy, Maxwell yeah. Hairston. Congratulations on your two pick sixes today. There's your SEC Defensive Player of the Week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just found him. We just uncovered him for you there here late night. Uh, damn. Mizzou barely pulled it out against Memphis at home, 34-27, but they are still 4-0. And then uh, we already talked about this one, but South Carolina, 37-30 to over Miss State. That rounds out your SEC. Top 25, you, you still got USC fighting against Arizona State in that top 25 matchup. Washington has put up damn near 60 points against Cal. Michigan won again. Slow start for them, 14-7 to at the half on that one. So, uh, again, another top five team, you know, kind of letting the other team stick around in the first half. That Florida State-Clemson game, uh, Clemson probably should have won that. So, here's the thing. Florida State should have lost. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State should have lost. Right. And who was the one in the SEC that uh, L- uh, LSU should have lost? Yep. Yep. So, um it could have been, you know, every Saturday there's uh, one Saturday where you have all these upsets. Today was a, today was day where you win in the final seconds in the closing yes. seconds of each of these contests. So like this is week four. I'll say like week six or seven is when we yeah. see all of them. Uh, obviously, Oregon beating up on Colorado, Oklahoma goes into Cincy and wins. They're still undefeated. They're they're kind of sneaky. I thought they weren't going to be that good. Oklahoma. Uh, they're, they're doing they're Gabriel good. kid. Yeah, but that Dylan Gabriel kids kind of keeping them in games. UCLA, Utah, fourteen to seven, lowest scoring Pac-12 game I want to say in the last ten years I saw. Uh, so twenty-one total combined points between those lowest scoring uh, Pac-12 game in a while. Duke, hey, uh, college game day is going to Duke next week, and they decided that for the first um, time ever. Yeah, they decided that uh, when Notre Dame was winning against Ohio State. And then Ohio State scored in the final second. So within like those five minutes there, they announced it. They were going there. Notre Dame lets Ohio State drive the field. Ohio State scores. So it's the, it's the college game day curse. I love it. It is. Yeah. Because uh, they, yeah, they announced it literally while I think it was like during the punt back to Ohio State to give them the ball with the final minute or so to go. See, you, you pissed off Ohio State. And then you have uh, Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz. Like a child. Ryle Day, yeah. He's... You said mean things about us. Come on, <laughs> man. Act like you've been there before. Miami's still undefeated, Roddy. I don't know they're, if uh, – yeah. they're, they're there. Washington State, Oregon State, again, these Pac-12 teams, they're, they're littered throughout the top 25, Roddy. Absolutely yeah. littered. Uh, they, they battled it out. Washington State is somehow 4-0. When was the last time that happened? I couldn't tell you. Go Texas. Texas, uh, 38 to 6 over Baylor. Quinn Ewers, 293 yards and a tutty. And then you had uh, the big game we just talked about Ohio State sneaking it out against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a good team, uh, but you know, you, you get that win inside uh, South Bend. It's all that's tough. It's tough to do. And Ohio State was able to do it right there at the end. Penn Georgia State, did it, Ohio State did it. Screw Notre Dame. They, they can't defend their own stadium. And the thing is, college game day is going to go cover the Duke uh, Notre Dame game back to back weeks of Notre Dame. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not even Penn undefeated Notre Dame. Penn State, this was Ben's sleeper team for uh, the Final Four. Penn State, well, 31 nothing over uh, Iowa. And if you're keeping track with Iowa, 
remember, guys, uh, Kirk Ferentz, he's the head coach at Iowa. His son, Brian Ferentz, he gave him an ultimatum. So you got to get 25 points per game. He was right over that last week. I think at 25.2, he put up a zero burger today. So uh, <laughs> he's gonna he's he's really put himself behind the next week. Yeah, he's he's really put himself uh, behind the eight ball in terms of keeping that job as his uh, offensive coordinator for his father. So hope things work out for him. But you got to put up something against Penn State if you want to continue 25 uh, points per game. That wraps it up. Yeah. There it is. Hey, uh, you know, Bay Perry, Utah's uh, one of their TDs was the first play of the game at pick six. Huh. That counts, man. Yeah, 14 to seven. So their offense only scored one touchdown. Interesting. Interesting. And, and Florida only scored one touchdown. So, but Roddy, I think uh, I think we, we've wrapped it up, my friend. Yep. We're running around the lead. So, oh, wait, uh, we didn't mention our buddies over at uh, uh, the Rogue Shop. Hey. It's about time for that sleepy night night. Yeah, you know, if uh, I do want to mention, though, that is one of the, their best sellers. Um, if for some reason you are having a um, uh, hard time sleeping, if you go to the Rogue Shop, they actually have some gummies that will help you sleep. And they oh, have some yeah. recreational gummies that I highly recommend. They're fantastic. They also have some for chronic pain. So, uh, and, uh, I've known a few people, they are members of our site who have chronic pain issues. And after a while, when you go to the, like the pain clinics, they say, okay, you've reached your maximum number of these uh, uh, pain pills that you can take. Uh, reach out to uh, the Rogue Shop. They have stuff that will help you uh, manage your pain. But what I'm talking about right now is like, if uh, not, I've never had insomnia until recently. There have been a few nights where I'm like, I'm just wide ass awake and I hate it. And I'm one of my best friends, Cheryl, she's dealt with it for years. I've never understood. I'm like, well, just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how can you, I, you, you don't understand it until you've had insomnia that, and it's not like oh, my brain's going a million miles an hour. It's just, no, you lay there and you can't fall asleep. And some people, you know, it's just constant. And others is like, I'm sitting here bored out of my mind. So you're bored, you're bored, you're bored. You can't fall asleep. So what do you do? You like get on your phone or something, which keeps you wide awake again. And all of a sudden it's four o'clock in the morning. If you're having a hard time going to sleep, if you have a chronic pain, or if you just want to do something that's kind of fun, reach out to the Rogue Shop. Try their gummies. Uh, use promo code BULLDOGS10 to get 10% off. Uh, if you get some, remember, if uh, ask them or check to see if uh, they would affect whether or not some of you may uh, have to have a drug test for your, uh, uh, where you work. Some of these uh, items will register in a drug test, so be careful with that. And I always recommend when you uh, take a gummy or a lollipop or one of the tinctures or the creams, use half of the dosage and see what your reaction to it is. But uh, they make fantastic stuff. And again, it's uh, one guy and his wife uh, that do this. They're not, uh, it's not some giant corporation. It's uh, a guy, a former uh, football player and a former uh, uh, member of the armed uh, services. Uh, armed, so, this is a guy who got injured while in the army or excuse me, in the military and was having chronic issues. And he developed this stuff to help out for that. So it's not like some recreational potheads like, Hey man, let's make gummies. No, this is a guy who wanted to create something for fellow service members, fellow people who are suffering chronic pain issues. And uh, he's got you covered. So that's all natural. Uh, the quality control is ridiculous. So 
Uh, I vouch for them because we've had a ton of people at UGA Sports try their stuff. So check out the Rogue Shop when you get a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good folks over there, too. Really good folks. We're going to have them come on the postgame show. Hell, we might do it next week. Guys, well, He's a uh, Texas fan, so we can give him all sorts of crap. Next week is going to be a fun one, guys. Don't, make sure to join us. We're live almost every night here on our YouTube channel. We're trying. We're on the road to 40K. We're really close to it. Guys, do me a huge favor. Before you leave out, hit a like on this. It helps other fellow Georgia fans find this page and communicate with all of you. We appreciate you all for sticking with us throughout the entirety of the show and for staying up with us late night. We appreciate it. So we will see you next Saturday. Post-game overreaction show. First road test. The dogs are headed over to Auburn. We'll see what happens. For Ryan Nabolsi, I'm Paul Meharry. We appreciate you so much. See ya. Be safe.